MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Pontiac 400. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer who bring you the Grand Prix GTP with a new twin dual cam V6. Pontiac, we build excitement by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores by TransSouth Financial Services. TransSouth for the right loan right now by Anheuser-Busch. Brewers of Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Life. And by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76. We're getting set to roll in the Pontiac 400 here at the Richmond International Raceway this afternoon. The cars have just pulled onto the speedway. They'll make at least two laps and possibly three before they cut them loose under green. And one thing that we talked about this racetrack a little bit, pretty much the same as Rockingham. Turns one and two is really the critical place on this racetrack. We'll probably see more accidents going off turn two than any other place on the speedway. The physical layout of this racetrack is very interesting. It is a short track by design, by name. It is three-quarters of a mile around. 14 degrees of banking in the turns, very little banking, and it's not really a factor. The front straightaway is banked 8 degrees, the back stretch 2 degrees, and that back straightaway is 860 feet from the exit of turn number 2 to the beginning of turn number 3. But it's a very interesting track, as the drivers will tell you. You don't turn once in turns 1 and 2. You kind of turn twice and for some even three times as you keep wrestling the race car. And with a good bird's eye view of the action, through that corner and down the back straightaway is Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia, high atop the racetrack. Joe? Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. The problem with turns one and two is that it's so much different than turns three and four, much like Rockingham, where we were last week. Going into three, it's a wide-sweeping turn. The car can really stretch out and swing wide coming off turn four. Into turn one, it looks the same. But coming off turn two, suddenly it becomes a tight turn, and the drivers realize, indeed, they have to slow down a bit and get back into single file. Over the years, we've seen a lot of action coming off turn two. No doubt that's where it'll be today. Two to go is the indication right now from Doyle Ford atop the flag stand. And once again, today we want to remind everybody that the Gillette Halfway Challenge Contest is underway. Brought to you by Right Guard and a Perspirant and Deodorant and the Sensor Shaving System with the driver leading at halfway getting $10,000. And one of you folks listening at home, a chance to win a new Chevrolet. The phone number to call, 1-900-226-6600. You must call before halfway. All calls do cost 95 cents. The contest void in Louisiana and Minnesota. Again, that number, 1-900-226-6600. Field just going off turn number two. It will start forming up for a real tight bunch to get going on this rest- on the start here this afternoon. Not a restart. Hope we don't have too many restarts. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have one or two down in turns one and two, as we touched on just a moment ago, as the Pontiac pace car takes them up through three and four. A couple of forwards on the front row, and if you just joined our broadcast late, we'll point out again that the last six Winston Cup races have been won by a Ford automobile. And talking to all the Chevrolet drivers, they're saying, and the General Motors drivers in general, I guess you could say, Eli, they are certainly determined to stop that trend here this afternoon, and they've got a good chance to do it. Of course, in the modern era since 1972, a Ford has only won seven times at Richmond. That counts the old Richmond Fairgrounds race 
Raceway and the current incarnation, the Richmond International Raceway. So in the 40 races in the modern era dating back to 1972, only seven times has a Ford won here at Richmond. But those numbers are past history. Today, we are concerned about what will unfold on this March the 8th of 1992. And Elmo Langley has turned the lights off atop that fire engine red Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. He'll stand on it now as he comes through turns three and four. The front roll. It's a Ford show with Bill Elliott alongside Davey Allison. And as we get set to start, the Pontiac 400. Here's Barney Hall. Down to the line. Green flag goes in the air and on the takeoff. Bill Elliott will try to get a good position going off into turn number one and hit the corner single file, and he'll be able to pull it off. Elliott's got the lead going into turn one. He drifts up the banking just a tad, and that'll hold Davey Allison back in his attempt to go around on the outside. Allison peeks to the inside, but now falls in line. Kyle Petty is third, side by side for fourth. That is the good battle at fourth now with Alan Kowicki to the inside of Sterling Marlin. The team's really cutting it close in turn number four, getting up against that inside retaining wall as best they can. As back into turn number one now, the lead car is single file. As a matter of fact, through the top nine, they're single file. Sterling Marlin drops back to the fourth position. Behind him is the battle between Harry Gann and Alan Kulwicki. They'll go side by side on the back straightaway, but into turn three, Kulwicki switch lines and gets his spot. Obviously, in the early going, that Harry Gant's got his car hooked up real well. He's already attempting to move up a spot or two. Brett Bodine down to the inside will gain one position. He'll move around Ernie Irvin. Meanwhile, the leader, Elliott's out of turn two. Elliott's got three car lengths now on Davey Allison off turn number two. Behind him, the Kyle Petty car. Those three cars are single file. Several car lengths back to Sterling Marlin. He's in fourth, and Alan Kowicki in fifth. Dale Earnhardt has not made up any spots right now. Still running exactly on the racetrack position-wise as to where he started. He'll now work to the outside of Dave Marcus and try and bring the Ricky Rudd car along with him. Ricky Rudd, who led the most laps here a year ago, started back in 27th. Two battles up near the front of the pack now for the fifth spot. Still Harry Gannon, Allen Kowicki going at it. Further back for 10th, it's Ernie Irvin working to the outside of the Rusty Wallace cars. Been a real scramble back there from 10th through 12th position a moment ago. Ernie Irvin currently hangs on to it. Rusty Wallace trying to move up. He is underneath Jeff Bodine as they work back into turn number one, and that's a good battle as they head over to turn two. That is the sixth-place battle we're watching now, just coming off turn two. One car gets way up in the banking. It's Jeff Bodine. He slipped out of the groove and lost about five spots. That sixth-place battle, though, continues. Hutch Strickland's there on the inside of Alan Kulwicki. Hutch Strickland getting that Chevrolet working well to the inside of Kulwicki, while Bodine, who was running in 10th, ends up losing a good number of positions now. He'll drop back to around 16th, 17th position right now to that little experience. Excursion up the banking in turn two costs Bodine just a bit. The leaders are on turn number three, working the fifth lap this afternoon. If you're just joining us, this is a 400-lap, 300-mile race at Richmond International Raceway. 400 times around this three-quarter of a mile racetrack, which is always jam-packed to the gills on this gorgeous day in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The leader is Bill Elliott in turn three. All single file among the front ten cars. First battle back around the 11th position. That's where Morgan Shepard has just bypassed Kenny Schrader. Ernie Irvin now working on Schrader in turn three. And to give you an idea of just how quick Bill Elliott is in the opening laps here at Richmond this afternoon already, from Bill Elliott back to 10th place, it's about four and a half seconds. So he is threatening to drive away very early. He's pulled away from Davey Allison by some eight car lengths as they work to turn three. Allison has about four more car lengths on the third place car. That's Kyle Petty. And a good battle is forming up there with Sterling Marlin closing in on Kyle. Sterling Marlin works to the inside, trying to make a move there. Nothing going in that battle between himself and Kyle. Back in 24th position now. That's where you'll find the Dale Earnhardt car. He'll work to the outside of Greg Sachs and try and follow Ricky Rudd to the outside.
outside of Rick Mash. So Earnhardt now bit by bit hooked up with Rudd coming off turn number two, trying to climb their way up to 22nd and 23rd respectively. Earnhardt's doing a good job working that outside lane, and he does get the spot he'll get by the Rick Mass car and now try to go to work underneath Ricky Rudd. Well, that was the one concern Dale had. We talked to him a little bit yesterday about starting back toward the tail end of the field, working his way up in the early going to keep that car from getting some wrinkles in it and have a chance to win this race. You can bet he'll kind of take his time, so to speak. Good battle still going on for third place. Kyle Petty's been really working on Sterling Marlin for the last three or four laps around. Takes a look to the inside as they come out of turn number four. Just can't get anything going there, but he's been able to get up alongside of him a couple of times down the back straightaway. Let's see what he does this time. They're off two. Here comes Kyle diving to the inside of the track. He'll try to pull along Sterling Marlin this time, but Marlin's just got the horsepower. The car does break loose a bit. Marlin's car swings a bit coming off the corner, but he gathers it back in. Kyle's still about a car length behind him. One of the more spirited battles on the racetrack now. Back around 13th, 14th position has Terry Labonte. Nose to tail with Ernie Irvin. They've been swapping spots back and forth the last couple of laps by. 11 laps complete in Richmond. Bill Elliott continues to lead. It is a lead of better than nine-tenths of a second, nearly a full second right now for Bill Elliott on Davey Allison as we welcome you back to Richmond International Raceway here in Virginia. Live coverage on MRN Radio of the Pontiac 400. Good battle between Kyle Petty and Harry Gant on the racetrack. They're battling for third spot with Gant currently holding down fourth, I should say, not third, but Gant holding down fourth, Kyle Petty in fifth. And while many, many people are watching the racetrack somewhere here in this vast crowd, There's some guy waiting to find out if his uh, girlfriend says yes or no. A plane just flew overhead with a banner hanging behind it. And some guy has just proposed to his girlfriend by the name of Chris Horner. And he sprang for the whole thing, the airplane and the sign. Here it comes again over the racetrack. And maybe we'll find out later if Chris says yes or no. And if not, uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll try and figure out what happened. I'm glad you clarified what the yes or no is yeah (laughs) 19 laps are complete here at richmond international raceway this afternoon in the pontiac 400 it is still bill elliott here he is across the line he's just about a full second ahead of davy allison it's about an equal distance back to sterling marlin one of the best battles on the racetrack has been about about 16th position currently jimmy spencer hangs on to it ricky rudd rides right behind him there and mark martin's been up in the thick of things and dale earnhardt is working on dale jarrett down in turn number one as earnhardt tries to work his way to the front their door to door out of turn two earnhardt's trying to pick up the 19th spot as he goes to work with dale jarrett those two side by side they make some contact coming off turn number two and earnhardt has to get out of the throttle and fall back in line behind dale jarrett Pit stops for the Ted Musgrave car, unscheduled for the Jasper Engines team here on lap number 21. And how quick a pace is Bill Elliott setting? In front of you, Joe Moore, he's putting one car already a lap down. He goes by Jimmy Means to the outside of that car and blows right on by him. Bill Elliott comes off turn number four, and now the interval is beginning to build over Davey Allison. He's opened up at least another three or four car lengths as they head back into turn number one. Sterling Marlin's been trying to catch up to Davey Allison. The challenge for the second spot hasn't been able to do it. The hot scrambles back at about seventh position off turn two. That's Michael Walter with his Pontiac down on the inside of Kyle Petty's Pontiac. Those two side by side, and Brett Bodine brought his Ford down on the inside. Almost made it three wide coming off turn two, but now he's got a battle of his own. Morgan Shepard's alongside him. Michael Walter working down to the 
low side of the racetrack behind that car inside of uh, Michael Waltrip. Brett Bodine took a quick little look trying to get around Morgan Shepard, but that battle continues. Four cars tied tightly together back in turn number two. Again, this is the seventh place battle off turn two. Kyle Petty working the outside lane with Michael Waltrip down low. Kyle shoots out in front. He'll grab the spot. The battle will now be behind him for eight. And Kyle Petty not running quite as well as he was a little bit earlier. He was able to hang up in the front four there for a while, but for the moment he's got his hands full with a couple of cars working on him down in turn number one. Again, Morgan Shepard closes right in on him. So does Michael Waltrip, and here goes Brett Bodine underneath the whole pack. Brett goes right to the bottom of the track, almost runs out of racetrack coming off turn number two, and quickly has to pull back up in that outside lane. He'll stack up underneath Michael Waltrip. Directly ahead is Morgan Shepard and Kyle Petty. They're side by side. Michael Waltrip back off turn number four. He now goes to the outside of Brett Bodine, just trying to battle there, and Michael Waltrip feels that handling in turn number four is particularly crucial here in Richmond. Four is a good place to make a lot of time. You know, you need to be able to get the car aimed and hold her on the mat right there. And if you're loose, you can't do that. So it makes for a, makes for a lot of work to, to get your car, to, you know, to where you can be comfortable with it for 400 laps here. But right now, there's no comfort level for Michael Waltrip, Joe. He went way, way high in turn numbers three and four. As a matter of fact, uh, when they came off turn two, he and Kyle got together, providing some extra Pontiac excitement here this afternoon. And he did have a bit of a problem here in turn four. For now, that battle will settle down a bit. They'll go single file as they work the outside lane. They've got a four down on the inside. Brett Bodine is there working on both of them. Brett Bodine's car is dialed in pretty well. It's been handling good since they put him under the green earlier this afternoon. 27 laps are complete. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 28 laps on the scoreboard of the Pontiac 400 this afternoon. They're chasing Bill Elliott. That's pretty much what everybody felt like they'd be doing, at least in the early going here this afternoon, as Elliott continues to lap some more cars off turn two. Got a heavy stack of traffic directly ahead. First, he'll pull up alongside Wally Dallenbach and clear that car. Dave Marcus directly ahead of the race leader as he works turn four. Bill Elliott now going to the outside of Dave Marcus, trying to bypass the Abilene Boots automobile. They'll go back to start finish, putting lap number 29 on the board. Bill Elliott still leads. Let's check on pit road. Ernie Irvin started this race 10th this afternoon. He's fallen all the way back to 22nd position. His car's extremely tight right now. It's pushing up in the corners. He can't get it turned back as he continues to lose position. We're about to check in with Jim Phillips a minute ago and say, Jim, it looks like there are several cars that have missed the setup a little bit. And on that first round of pit stops, we're going to see an awful lot of chassis adjustments on at least a half a dozen or more cars. We certainly are, Barney. Of course, these uh, radial tires, if you miss the setup, it's, it's harder to get back than uh, the old bias fly tires where you can make a lot of adjustments with the tires. But today it's going to be with the chassis. And we saw a lot of that yesterday because this racetrack has changed so many times this week. It's changed at least two times dramatically of what they practiced and what they qualified on. Today, the gasoline range should be between 90 and 110 laps. But all the observers on pit road say the tires won't go that far. That could be the story of the race, would-be tires, as it has been in past races here at Richmond. 31 laps go up on the scoreboard. Here's Bill Elliott coming through turns three and four, taking pretty much the same line every time around this racetrack, unless there's some slower traffic ahead where he needs to go up a little higher or drive it to the bottom of the racetrack. And again, as he works over to turn number two, the interval between himself and Davey Allison gets a little bit bigger. He is ahead now by almost a full two seconds. They're up to turn three. Elliot really stretching it out here. What we're about to see happen is a battle for the second spot shape up. The traffic has allowed Sterling Marlin to track down Davey Allison. He's right up on his rear deck. All the while, ninth place changing hands each and every time across the racetrack. This time, Kyle Petty just ahead of Michael Waltrip. The next time by, it would be Michael Waltrip ahead of Kyle Petty and so on. So those two Pontiacs with yet another 
another Pontiac, Rusty Wallace, closing in from the rear flank and an ongoing battle for 9th, 10th, and 11th on lap number 33. Bill Elliott continues his march through Virginia on lap number 39. Right now continuing to lead the Pontiac 400 over a second place battle that has Davey Allison and Sterling Marlin running some three and a half seconds behind him. The battle for 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th currently held down by Terry Labonte, then Kyle Petty, then Michael Waltrip and Daryl Waltrip and add Rusty Wallace to that equation. But nobody has improved more on the racetrack in the early going than has Ricky Rudd in the Tide Chevrolet. Starting 27th, he's now running 14th. Let's get an update from his pit. We're in the Tide Chevrolet pit. Gary Dehart, the crew chief. Gary Ricky's really picked up a lot of spaces. What's he said about the car? Everything's okay right now. He, he feels good about it. Has he said anything about whether the track is slippery with the weather getting hotter? Yeah, it's getting a little slippery. That's Gary Dehart. He's a crew chief on the Tide Chevrolet. And as you said, Eli, he's picked up more places on the racetrack than anybody. He started out 27th. He's worked up to 14th. And now he's moving up to do battle for 13th position. And behind him, Barney, a great battle for 15th spot on back now with Earnhardt, Kenny Schrader, Morgan Shepard, excuse me, uh, Jeff Bodine is there, and the Jimmy Spencer card. Yeah, that's been a, in fact, the best battles on the racetrack are back about the middle of the pack from 12th position on back. As far as the lead battle, it is kind of evaporated right now with Bill Elliott just kind of dominating this race in the early going. That battle that Earnhardt was in, now he pulls out of it and gets a little clear daylight over in turn three. Earnhardt got by the Kenny Schrader car. That's the one that really held him up the most, but now that he's passed Schrader, he's moved out by about five car lengths. Kenny Schrader has run well here over the years, and here goes Ricky Rudd on the move, trying to grab 13 spot away from Rusty Wallace in turn two. Rudd's got it hooked up down on the inside of the track. He'll blow by the Pontiac, picking up another position. He'll fall in line directly behind Kyle Petty as they come back to three. And Kyle Petty's car continues to not stick at the bottom of the racetrack. Rusty He's having the same problem. They can't really put the car right down to the bottom of the speedway and either end of the speedway, and it has cost them some positions in the early going. As they work back into turns one and two, Michael Waltrip drifts up a little bit. Ricky Rudd will drive right underneath Kyle Petty. Well, Kyle shuts the door on him coming out of turn two. Rudd almost had the spot there on the inside of the track, but Kyle saw him coming and just slammed the door, so Ricky forced to fall back in line behind the Kyle Petty car. Bill Elliott's lead now 2.6 seconds on Sterling Marlin who has taken the move in and around Davey Allison to grab second spot away and Sterling working the traffic awfully well right now as he tucks to the inside of Chad Little's car and goes around him and also bypasses Greg Sachs in the same motion. So morning as many cars are not handling well there are some that are getting around this racetrack awfully well. If you hit the setup, you find it out in a hurry here, just like you do uh, some of the tracks that are a mile in length and under, and Richmond is one of those. If, if the car is not there, you really know it in a hurry. In fact, we talked to Daryl Walter about that, and I asked Daryl, I said, how quick when they drop the green flag do you know if the car is right, or e even if it's right in practice? I know it right. From the minute I sit down in a race car and go around the racetrack, I don't worry about what springs it's got, shocks it's got, any of that sort of thing. Feel. I just want the car to feel a certain way to me. When I go down in the corner, even if I'm just warming up, I can tell the guys when I'm, I said, boy, this thing feels good. It's got that sweet feel in the steering wheel, kind of like when you hit a good golf shot. It's just got the right feel to it, and I know we can adjust from there. If I go out in the car and the car's not driving to suit me and the thing's just all over the racetrack, uh, I'm, I know we got our work cut out for us. And fortunately, so far this year, we've been able to hit it just about 
our race stuff has been incredible. I think we've been really good in the race. Our qualifying stuff's off a little bit, but our race stuff's pretty good. But a lot of drivers don't try. They won't try anything. I'm a I'm a kind of guy. If we got 50 springs on the truck, I'm liable to put 50 of them up under the car and sway bars, shocks. I want to know that I've got the absolute ultimate setup in that race car before Sunday. He's got a pretty good one in there right now. He started 18th, and he currently is being shown up in 10th position. So Darrell Walker continues to move up, and his brother Michael hangs right with him out of turn two. Darrell's plugged into the bottom of the racetrack, and Michael's trying to battle on the outside. Michael's Pontiac not really handling that well. The car has broken loose several times, making the move off turn number two. But in turn three, he's got it hooked up well as he bypasses brother Darrell. And speaking of not handling as well as he would like, Davey Allison's car slipping a bit in the turns. It allows his dad's car, driven by Hut Strickland, to bypass him, while Bill Elliott, the race leader, has to squeeze through traffic here in turn four. Elliott takes his time coming through there with three lap cars directly ahead of him. He was in no hurry to shove that car right in there. He's driving a very careful race in the early going here this afternoon. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. It is two and four-tenths seconds of an advantage for Bill Elliott over Sterling Marlin, who runs in second. Hutch Strickland, after a super run a weekend ago, is now up to third. Alan Kowicki running fourth. Davey Allison's car is running fifth. Meanwhile, Brett Bodine's Quaker State Ford has gone behind the wall, and work is underway to repair the car. Winston Kelly? You know, they've got the car up on jack stands. The Quaker State Ford started ninth today, and it worked its way up to seventh. The problem... A broken axle, so the team will have to repair that. The crew, led by crew chief Donnie Richardson, we're going to work on the rear axle, so tough luck early in the going for the Quaker State Ford. Also, we've been timing the, the laps of Ricky Rudd, who we talked to his crew chief earlier, and his lap times are just about identical to Bill Elliott. He's staying between 14 and a half and 14.8 seconds behind the race leader, and he doesn't have the benefit of the move-over flag quite as much as Bill Elliott, his leader, does. So Ricky Rudd, one of the quickest cars on the racetrack right now. But also pulling away from Ricky Rudd, Michael Waltrip in the Pontiac. You know, Michael was telling us yesterday, he said, I'm not all that concerned about the domination that Ford seems to have shown over the last number of weeks. He said he sees things coming back in a focus for the GM cars and for Pontiac in particular. Uh, you know, so much talked about the Fords and, and so forth, but... Man, I love my Pontiac. It's a great car. Uh, you know, at Daytona, we, we handled so well that we that we we were able to, to put ourselves in second place in a position to win that race. And, and that was in a Pontiac that wasn't supposed to be able to keep up. And then we go to Rockingham, and there again, uh, the car's just fun to drive. and handles really well. So it makes it makes it neat to start out on a on a marathon like Rockingham or, or a race like here at Richmond, knowing you're driving a Pontiac. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it off. I think we'll be in good shape before the they get a little advantage on us right now. We'll catch up with them. And he's catching up with an Oldsmobile right now going down the back straightaway. That's a machine of Terry Labonte who goes to the inside of the track in turn three. Michael takes the Pontiac up high and pulls alongside. Michael Walter will swing around on the outside looking a little further back in the field. One of the best battles on the racetrack is going on between a couple of Pontiacs also. And that'll be Kyle Petty and Rusty Wallace. They've been at it for 12th position. 
position for the last two laps around, riding door to door. That's the way they're going back into turn number one with Wallace down at the bottom of the racetrack and Kyle in the high line as they hit turn two. Kyle holds it even, going about halfway between turns one and two. Off the corner, though, he begins to get a fender out in front of Rusty Wallace, and now he clears the Wallace car. Rusty falls back in line in single file. 63 laps on the board. Bill Elliott leads. Sterling Marlin second. Hutt Strickland third. Alan Kowicki fourth. Davey Allison is fifth. Harry Gant sixth. Right now showing in seventh spot is Morgan Shepard. Ahead of him, or right behind him now, will be Terry Labonte, followed by the Michael Waltrip car, and then rounding out the top ten, Ricky Rudd. And 11th, Darrell Waltrip up to 12th now, starting 29th, Dale Earnhardt. 13th, Kyle Petty. 14th, Rusty Wallace. 15th is Ken Schrader. 16th is the Jimmy Spencer car. They're showing 17th for Jeff Bodine. All of these cars on the lead lap now. As we work now on lap number 64 of 400 here in Richmond. Let's go to Pit Road. We stepped into the Michael Waltrip pit, Eli. And just a few laps ago, he was about 14.09 seconds behind. The last lap around that we clocked him, he was just over 11 seconds behind Bill Elliott. His crew chief, Billy Engel, is talking to him. See if we can get a comment. Now, Billy's looking back to the back straightaway. Michael's talking to him on the radio, giving him a little bit of advice. Coming off of turn number two. Bill, the car seemed to be loose early on. He slipped a few times, but now he's a little bit quicker than Elliott. What is he saying? Well, uh, just like you say, the car is loose. He started off there. He was he was loose. He dropped back. You're using fuel up, so weight distribution is helping you from being loose, you know, and the tires getting worn in. We seem to run pretty good on worn tires. Uh, we just wait till we get a pit stop, make an adjustment, and I believe before the end of the day we got a little something for the Ford. That's Bill Engel, the crew chief on the Pennzoil Pontiac, very confident that they may be able to run with Bill Elliott today. And a little prediction on what they might see in the latter stages of the Pontiac 400 here this afternoon. Michael's having a good run right now. Now, what kind of a pace is Bill Elliott setting? Here he now comes off turn number four. He is closing in on the 17th and 18th place automobiles and 19th place Dale Jarrett. So that's the kind of pace as we have gone caution-free through the first 68 laps of the Pontiac 400 here in Richmond. Welcome back, everyone, to a jam-packed Richmond International Raceway where the Pontiac 400 is underway. 73 laps in the books. Bill Elliott leads. Sterling Marlin second. Third now is Hutch Strickland, a super run. Fourth goes to the Alan Kowicki car. Davey Allison fifth. Harry Gant sixth. Michael Waltrip now up to seventh. Terry Labonte eighth. Morgan Shepard ninth. And running in tenth is Ricky Rudd. One car that's having trouble doing much of anything right now is the 21st place car of Mark Martin. Already showing a lap down. Jim Phillips, any word from Jack Roush or the crew what the problem might be because they started 15th and they've gone backwards. Well, we're with Steve Beal right now. Steve, you really haven't got to hold the racetrack today like you normally do here. What's the problem? Yeah, we just missed the setup to start. I guess we're real loose right now. Uh, we'll get a caution, then we'll change four tires under the green and try to come back. But the way it's going, Bill's going to lap a bunch of them, so we got to keep our heads up and try to race what's left. That's Steve Meal, the crew chief for Mark Martin. 76 laps are being posted on the scoreboard as Bill Elliott continues to just ease around here. He's working traffic about as well as you'll see any car on the speedway, at least in the early stages. We're still a ways away from the first 100 laps being complete this afternoon. 
Sterling Marlins having a good run. And that team, too, really needed to get things turned around. A little bit discouraged after Rockingham last week. But uh, they've got a brand-new car that they built from the surface plate up, we understand, from talking to Mike Beam in 12 days to bring it up here. And even Junior said there's no way you can do it. But Mike Beam said we're going to do it, and they did. Mike Beam is one of the hardest-working guys, and he has a way of motivating the team. Uh, he's he's kind of like you and I spent time with, I guess, before the Daytona 500. Remember that morning we were walking through Pit Road, and there was Mike Beam. And I kind of felt like I had wandered into a revival meeting or something because he just had everybody psyched up about all that the team was going to do. And he said the very same thing the next week and again here this weekend. So they're working hard, and right now it's paying off with a strong second-place run. El Schlesinger has joined us here in the booth. He is the general sales and service manager for Pontiac, Pontiac Motor Division. And, of course, you folks with your name on this fine event. It's turned out to be a glorious day. Uh, just wonderful. Just wonderful, Eli. And uh, it's great to be here. Uh, you heard Michael say earlier that we want to move up into pack and racing. We want to do the same thing in the retail end of the business. We had a great February, a super January. And... Uh, we're, uh, we're out there to move up with the new Grand Dam in Bonneville. That's one thing folks hear all the talk about uh, the economic uh, status and the situation across the country, but the folks at Pontiac selling a lot of cars, and uh, it's what happened on the racetrack in large part that uh, helps contribute to the excitement off the uh, racetrack. No question, Eli. Uh, the Bonneville is a great car for us. Uh, Grand Prix has uh, been our focus car at uh, NASCAR for some time now. Our Grand Dam, almost 19,000 sales in February, and uh, this racing venue you really helps get the excitement brewing at Pontiac at our dealerships and also right here at the track. Sure. I imagine all your dealers really get caught up in this too, knowing that they're pulling for a Kyle Petty or a Rusty Wallace or whatever. No question. It's a momentum business, Barney, and uh, if you get that momentum, uh, excitement is king, and, and you can do things you didn't think you could do previously, so the dealers really do enjoy it. Speaking of the king, we just see him go by now, Richard Petty, with uh, all sorts of special activities here this weekend. It's, it's great to see the sponsors, but someone like Pontiac, which obviously has been part of Richard's uh, racing for a long time, it's nice to see the involvement you folks have with Richard and his uh, fan appreciation tour. Well, this fan appreciation tour is really uh, outliving our expectations, uh, Eli. He's he's willing to go anywhere, do anything. He'll stand and sign autographs until the sun goes down, and he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy, and you observed his wife Linda today. Isn't she a sweetheart? Really, and that's why Richard is the king of the sport. Well, it's great to see you and enjoy this afternoon. It's uh, kind of zipping right by here with no cautions, but uh, a lot of racing yet to go, and it's always good to see you. Thanks, Eli. Thank you. you. El Schlesinger, he is the general sales and service manager for Pontiac joining us here this afternoon in Richmond. 83 laps are on the scoreboard in the Pontiac 400 here this afternoon. It is still Bill Elliott. Right now, Sterling Marlin is second. He's about two and a half seconds behind. In third place, good solid run today for Hutt Strickland. Riding fourth, that will be Alan Kowicki. Davey Allison has now slipped back to fifth. Harry Gant continues to run fairly solid on the racetrack. He is being posted sixth. And a good run for Michael Walker that you've heard us talk about here for the last 30 minutes or so. His car continues to work real well. And Jim Phillips, we talked a little bit in the beginning of the show this afternoon of when the first pit stops might come. Normally, if this race stays green, they will be pitting just a little bit early, I'm sure. Well, Bill Elliott, of course, is setting the pace on the pit stops. He's going to hold them out as long as he can because he wants to lap as many cars as he can. So normally, I think the pit stops would uh, come a little bit earlier than they did today. We step over here and ask Greg Bourne. Greg, when do you plan to pit? Uh, Probably around lap uh, 118 to 120. So they're going to go a little bit longer than normal. They said the window would be between 90 and 110 laps. He says about 118. So as long as your car is uh, handling pretty well here, obviously they'll stay out there. Now we're seeing Brett Bodine's car come out from behind the pit wall, and they're about to send him back on the racetrack. 
He will be 30 laps down and being shown in 35th position, obviously, as the first car out here this afternoon. They have made that broken axle repair and will send Brett Bodine back onto the speedway. You know, I was curious about Brett Bodine, and we've talked so much about Bill Elliott hooking up with Tim Brewer. How about Brett Bodine and Ernie Elliott this year? You know, Ernie's call, doing the engine work and uh, calling some of the shots there on the Quaker State Ford, and everybody wonders how is that team going to get together as Richard Petty begins the first of our green flag pit stops. I was wondering of Brett the other day if Ernie Elliott is the fragile personality that we have heard he might have been over the last number of years. The second test of the season uh, that we went to, I, in front of everybody, I said, Ernie, you know, I, I've been meaning to tell you this. When I was your competitor, I didn't really understand your personality, didn't understand you. But we were competitors, and that was our relationship, and that's as far as it was to go. We weren't supposed to be good friends. But I can't tell you enough what a pleasure it is to get to know Ernie Elliott. He is a totally different person when he's working on your team or a, a team member and a team player. And it's just been a total pleasure. He's, he is so knowledgeable about our sport and he can help our entire program to the point that we've been able to be competitive out of the box with a brand new make a car, which is basically unheard of in Winston Cup racing. And although the car has had its problems individually on a basic overall look at the first three races of the year, they have been running well until a few mechanical bugaboos or a broken axle or something, which is nothing an early Ernie Elliott can do. I think that team will have some success, and I, I expect them to be in the victory lane a couple of times, and they do too before the year is over. Here's Rusty Wallace slowing down in turn number three, and I was about to say just a moment ago that Rusty is one of the cars that really needed to get on the pit road and make an adjustment on that machine because there were a lot of cars getting around him. Kyle Petty also I look for maybe to be on pit road here very shortly. That car too beginning to go back just a little bit. Rusty Wallace is in the pits. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Slowly Rusty Wallace feels into his pit lane. He's one of the cars pushing up uh, the racetrack is Eddie Dickerson with Bill Wilbur swing around to the right side. They're going to change all four tires as Jay Smith loosens the left side lug nuts. One can of Unical gasoline is in. The second can is going in right now. Wallace's tires on the right side look to be okay. He had to make the pit stop earlier because of handling problems. A little bit of problem with that rear tire. They finally get it off and they swing the tire in. Dickerson and Wilbur on the left side now. A little bit more lengthy pit stop for Rusty Wallace than normal. 28.2 seconds. Going to be a whole lot longer than Rusty would like. Richard Petty lost three laps, I understand, or is now being shown three laps down after making right. that green flag pit stop just a moment ago. Richard was already a lap down, as we had told the folks, and he, I think basically, Jim Phillips, even under a good four-tire stop here, a man is going to, between decelerating and accelerating, a guy is going to lose two laps during a four-tire stop here at Richmond. Exactly right with the pit road speed rules. You're going to lose at least two and a half to three laps because of that. And normally, the old days, if you could come down pit road as fast as you wanted to, you ought to lose two laps. But the speed limit, and last week at Rockingham, three guys got caught. They'll be taking it easy today, I'll guarantee you. Jimmy Means just crossed the start-finish line, and I believe they were black-flagging his car to bring it back into the pits right now. We're looking at some of the cars that are beginning to go away a little bit. Again, 
Morgan Shepard's car beginning to kick up a little bit in the turn. They're having some handling problems as we documented a moment ago. Kyle Petty's car not running quite like he would like it as he works out of turn number two. So we're going to see an awful lot of adjustments and certainly a four-tire change all the way around when these regular scheduled pit stops will be coming up sometime in the next 10 to 12 laps for most of them. Stop and go penalty for Jimmy Means. As you had mentioned, that black flag was for him. He went too fast on pit road before. Jimmy is pitting all the way at the turn four end of pit road. And I guess when there was nobody else on the pit lane, you have that open expanse in front of you. The tendency is to go faster than the NASCAR rules allow. And if you're new to our sport, it doesn't matter if there's nobody on pit road with you or if the whole world is in there with you. You can only go a certain speed, and that is it. That's what the rule book specifies. And in this case, uh, Jimmy Means went a bit uh, too quickly. Looking out over behind the back straightaway, Barney, some heavy clouds. You're the meteorologist. Uh, you're a pilot and so on. And those rain clouds are just uh, cooling down clouds. I'd say they're cooling down clouds. I don't think we're going to get too much moisture out of the ones we're looking at there because uh, there's quite a few breaks in them, a lot of sunshine popping through, and the forecast is calling for a 0% chance of rain this afternoon, so if we get any, it would be a total shock to everybody. Here's Kenny Schrader bringing the Kodiak car onto pit road right now. now. These are scheduled pit stops for all the front runners as they'll be coming up in the next 8 to 10 laps for most of the teams, and Kenny Schrader brings his car in. Let's follow that stop. They go to the right side, Steve Crow and Steve Crow Jr. changing the tires. Dan Haddock go to Jack. They lose at the left side, Lug Nuts. One can of gasoline again, but Ronnie Regis, the second jet, is going in right now as they swing around the left side. This is a, a, a chassis adjustment going to the right side. They're taking, uh, as a matter of fact, they're taking a round of wedge in. Trouble on the main straightaway, heading off at a turn number one. One car erupts in smoke. Jimmy Means, who had just been on pit lane, apparently with a problem on his uh, RV center-sponsored automobile. And what this does, remember... These cars now able to pit under caution. A number of the top runners have already been in and lost two laps on the pit lane. So as Jimmy Means goes to the garage area, we have another whole scenario to discuss here. Many teams that are a couple of laps down will get caught by this, the first caution flag of the afternoon. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. At Richmond, they are now making pit stops under the first caution flag of the afternoon. And as Eli pointed out, this is going to be a break for a lot of the teams and a bad break for some of the other teams. Let's cover a few of those stops right now. Winston Kelly. The first car in, of course, is Bill Elliott. The Budweiser team already completed service to the right side of the car. Now wheeling around to the left side. The first can of gas has gone in. Sterling Marlin in for service. He'll get four tires and gasoline along with Dick Trickle, Michael Waltrip in for service. Ricky Rudd, all these cars getting four tires and gasoline. Jim Phillips? On this end of pit road, Alan Kowicki's in for four tires. Harry Gant, four tires. Morgan Shepard is in getting a chassis adjustment in four tires. Hutt Strickland also in for four tires. Davey Allison just peels by. Darrell Walter is getting four tires and further down pit road. Dale Earnhardt gets his four tires and gasoline and he's on his way. And 101 laps are on the scoreboard. As we get set to go back to green, Ken Schrader is now two laps down. Richard Petty is two laps down. Rusty Wallace is three laps down. And now they have put the light back on atop the pace car. Elmo Langley says a little too much speedy dry out there clumped together. And it would be best to go through it one more time. So they've put the caution out. And they'll now again get the one-to-go signal. A quick update from the garage on the Jimmy Means car. Well, the reason for all that oil dry, Eli, is the oil that came out of the bottom of Jimmy Means' engine. The motor has expired on his car. 
car. He'll be the first driver out of the race. Tough break for Jimmy Means. Hey, folks, don't forget, next weekend, a NASCAR doubleheader at the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia. Our coverage begins on Friday with the Bush Pole Show beginning at 2.50 Eastern Time. Then next Saturday, the Atlanta 300, the Bush Grand National Series back at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. MRN has the coverage at 12.45 Eastern next Saturday. And next Sunday, one week from today, the Motorcraft 500 at 12.45 Eastern Time for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. The ticket office is open right now, and it's also open at upcoming tracks, including Darlington, Bristol, North Wilkesboro, and Martinsville for both their Winston Cup and the March 22nd Miller 500. So want to make your ticket plans right now for racing in your area as we go back to green on lap number 106. Pontiac Pace Car is on pit road. Bill Elliott punches the throttle and takes off. Richard Petty is the first lap car down to the inside as they work into turn number one. Hut Strickland locks on to him as they get out of turn two. Hut gets around the lap traffic, now tries to close it in on Elliott as they come down this back straightaway. Further back, Harry Gant rides along in third. He's got two lap cars separating him from the leaders. As the cars work off turn number four and back to the stripe, lap number 107 of 400 going up on the board. The lead cars try and sort themselves out. Harry Gant goes around the car of Richard Petty, who is a couple of laps down. Then Rusty Wallace, who is three laps down before you get to the next man in the running order, Davey Allison. Allison now makes his move around the Rusty Wallace car at least tries to make that move. They'll go side by side to turn number three, and now entering turn three, Davey clears him. Davey Allison will take the high line off turn number four. The real scramble's going on back about the middle of the pack. Ricky Rudd is back there. Also Alan Kowicki and Michael Walkup's in a real tussle as they work down into turn number one and heavy traffic out of turn two. Rudd's trying to get around the Michael Waltrip car, trying to take the high line coming through turn number two, but Michael takes it right up to the outside wall. Rudd will look down low momentarily, but now fall back in line directly behind Rudd, the Earnhardt car, and Darrell Waltrip. Battle for second place now as Hutch Strickland goes a bit wide in turn number four. It opens the inside for Harry Gant. Gant stays low and tries to hang on to second spot, though Hutch Strickland will try and wind it up from the outside. But directly ahead of Gant, the lap car of Jeff Bodine, so everyone goes back single file this time with Gant taking the second spot. Hutch Strickland falling back to third. And one of the cars that was really on the move on that restart is now settled in behind Richard Petty. Now he's going to dive down to the inside, and that's Sterling Marlin. Whatever they did to that car, he is running about twice as good as he did before. He's underneath Richard Petty. Now Petty's a lap or two down, but he's closing in on Davey Allison out of turn two. And Davey Allison is closing in on Hutt Strickland. As a matter of fact, he's pulled up alongside, and it's a dead-even battle in turn number three for the third spot. Field comes back off turn number four to the stripe. All the different battles continuing to take shape now. Middle of the field, Bobby Hamilton tucks in right behind the Ernie Irvin car. Trying to get a good look at the Bobby Hamilton car. Looks at the tailpipes, uh, maybe not dragging, but it seems to be low just a bit on the Bobby Hamilton cars. He comes off turn number two and works down the back straightaway. But all of these stories, all these little subplots are unfolding well behind Bill Elliott, who has led all of 112 laps so far. We're talking about Bobby Hamilton. He said the other day this should be his best year. He has all the people, was able to keep everybody on the team that they've had. Uh, from the recent couple of years, and he feels like that this could be the year they could win a race or two. He's had some good runs. It's been a good racetrack for him. It has been. Bobby, what do you hope to work on this year? Well, the main thing we want to work on, Eli, is try to finish on the lead lap more and try to learn to be more consistent in these longer races. As far as anything else, the pressure's off. We can race harder now because we're not having to worry about outrunning one car all the time. 
Those are the thoughts of Bobby Hamilton as we work midway through the running of the Pontiac 400. Bill Elliott continues to lead. Davey Allison now starting to rumble again, just as he did a week ago at Rockingham. And, of course, having won the Daytona 500 by STP, Davey has swung around Harry Gant to grab second. Gant is running third, Sterling Marlin fourth. Hutch Strickland is running back in fifth now and has trouble getting back in line as we're still early in the Pontiac 400. 120 laps on the board here at Richmond International Raceway and what had been better than a three-second lead for Bill Elliott has evaporated totally coming out of turn number four. Davey Allison has chased him down, puts a fender alongside of him, but Elliott gets back in the throttle as they hit the front straightaway and they'll go door-to-door down in turn number one. Again, here's Davey Allison diving up underneath him out of the corner in two. Davey pulls even coming off turn number two. Elliott's got it hooked up in the outside lane. Let's see what happens going into turn number three. Still, Elliott has a fender out in front. They come through three and four now with Davey Allison taking the shorter way around. Here they come to the stripe, and that one would have been Elliott by inches on lap 122, but Allison still hugs the inside groove, and while the black flag is being shown to Greg Sachs, the battle for the lead is on the backstretch. Still side by side, halfway down this back straightaway, this time dead even coming into the corner, and Davey has a fender out in front, but Elliott battles back on the outside lane. That was just a week ago at the North Carolina Motor Speedway that these two put on pretty much the same kind of racing for about 60 or 70 laps for a great part of that race at Rockingham last week. They're doing it again here this afternoon. Again over to turn number two and out to the high side of the racetrack comes Bill Elliott down to the inside. There's Davey Allison. Bill is able to drive it in a little bit harder and he takes the outside lane, lets the car drift up just a bit. Davey this time is forced to fall back in line behind, but he's the only attack again as he pulls even all four. But now on lap 123, Davey Allison will lead this lap by just about two feet, if that much. Kind of reminds you, Barney, of what the folks saw here yesterday behind Harry Gant, who won the Hardys 200. This is kind of like that battle for second spot between Labonte and Wallace yesterday. Now, that was some of the best racing we've seen in a long, long time, either in Winston Cup or Bush Grand National. They rode door to door, just barely touched a time or two, did some of the hardest racing, but some of the cleanest racing you'll see in the business, and they did it for about 40 or 50 laps in the final stages of the race here yesterday in that Hardys 200. Davey Allison continues to work on the leader, Bill Elliott, but for the moment, Joe Moore, he might have given up the chase. Looks like possibly the problem for Elliott is the fact that his car just won't stay down to the bottom of the racetrack. That's where Davey seems to be closing in on the straightaway. Elliott pulls away by a car length or more, but each time in the turn as Elliott drifts kind of high, Davey takes a shot at him, tries to pull him alongside down on the inside. For now, though, Davey would cool his heels. He'll fall back about three car lengths behind Elliott off turn number two, as now they see Harry Gant closing in. He's sitting in the third spot, about five car lengths behind Davey. You know, with Davey Allison leading that one lap here at Richmond, it's his seventh straight race, seventh in a row to lead a lap, dating back to Charlotte last year. As a matter of fact, looking back on some of the numbers from a year ago, Nobody earned more lap leader bonus points last year than the Davy Allison. 140 of his point total he picked up on lap leader bonuses, and that includes uh, leading the most laps in five of the 29 races last year. Those bo- it used to be Dave Marcus who would uh, lead that department seemingly every year, but last year it was Davy Allison. 140 bonus points from lap leaders alone. There is no question that that team is one of the strongest in the business and toward the latter part of the season last year, as you pointed out, he was the one everyone was worried about. But for the moment, Davey Allison will now drop back some eight or ten car lengths on the leader, Bill Elliott. One of the best
best battles on the racetrack for the last four or five laps. Still going on pretty good between Alan Kowicki and Hut Strickland. Ricky Rudd's about to get a piece of that also. That will be the battle for fifth place as they come out of turn number four. Kowicki had worked on Hut for some two laps before he was able to get underneath him going off the number two turn. As they work back into turn number one and head up to Joe Moore, there's going to be five cars in that tussle very shortly. Darrell Walter closing in. Also, Michael Walter directly behind Darrell. They'll fall in line and make it those five cars all single file this time as they enter turn three. Here they come back through turn number three and four towards the stripe, lap number 130. I was looking off the other end of the racetrack for just a moment as they were watching the Greg Sachs car. Again, smoke from behind the Kellogg's Cornflakes entry. He'll be heading back on a pit road, no doubt, in just a moment or so. All the while, though, we are working with... 12 cars on, excuse me, 13 cars on the lead lap. Dick Trickle rather doggedly staying on the lead lap on and off here the last short while. 131 laps are complete under overcast skies. Jam-packed grandstands in Richmond, Virginia. Today's Pontiac 400 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Food Lion, America's fastest-growing supermarket. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant. By Gatorade Sports Drink for that deep down body thirst. And by Planners Nuts. Eat Planners. Everybody loves a racing nut. One year ago, 25 times the lead changed among seven different drivers. Today in Richmond, Virginia, two lead changes among two drivers. Bill Elliott has led all but one lap. Davey Allison has led the other with an average speed of 106 miles an hour as we welcome you back to Richmond International Raceway with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore covering the action of the turns. Our pit coverage from Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly. Alan Bestwick is in the garage area. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Vince Marcello. As we welcome you back to Richmond International Raceway. And Barney, right now, Bill Elliott again off uh, to lead this one. But the good battle has been for second place over the last handful of laps. That's been a dandy for the last five laps between Davey Allison and Harry Gant. Gant had him a couple of times coming off turn number four. Got a fender alongside and almost passed him at the start-finish line. But now Davey just simply refuses to give up the number two spot and will hang on to it for the moment. We've been looking at Dale Earnhardt's car, and it has not been hooked up like Earnhardt is used to running here. He's being shown in 11th position. He is still on the lead lap. And let's see if we can get a report from his pit. Well, we're in the pit with Richard Childress. Richard, you started 29th in the first segment. You moved up a little bit, but you've kind of been stalemated this segment. Yeah, you know, this. You know, I guess the way we got this set of tires, where the car is just too loose right here. He said it feels real loose with this set of tires. He said he could run pretty good on his own. Yeah, it... We were we had settled down and run pretty good the first time. We thought we'd be okay this restart, but he got his tires hot there with Teddy, and they just had to came back. That's Richard Chiller's car owner for Dale Earnhardt. A little bit loose right now. We are 58 laps shy of halfway, and the Gillette Halfway Challenge coming up today. The driver leading at halfway wins $10,000, and one of you folks listening at home could win a new Chevrolet, or you might just be an instant winner of a Gillette Halfway bonus prize. All of that brought to you by Right Guard, Antiperspirant, and Deodorant, and the Sensor Shaving System. If you'd like to enter, it's very simple. Call one 900 226 6600. You must call before halfway. Again, that's 
56 laps from right now. Later today, one entry will be drawn at random, called at home, and if you're called back and can name the driver who won the Gillette Halfway Challenge bonus, you'll win a beautiful Chevrolet Lumina. And remember, the call does cost 95 cents. No purchase necessary. You must be at least 18 years of age, void in Louisiana and Minnesota and elsewhere where prohibited. 145 laps are up on the scoreboard, and it continues to be Bill Elliott. The interval hasn't changed that much in the last four or five circuits around this racetrack. Elliott's working around Kyle Petty over in turns three and four. Davey Allison hangs on to the number two spot. He's about a full second behind. Harry Gant has worked on Davey, as we pointed out a minute ago, four or five times, been able to get alongside, but that's about all he's been able to do. It is almost five seconds back now to the fourth-place car, and that will be Sterling Marlin. That car's been working fairly well, but not as well as Bill Elliott has this afternoon as Sterling is just moving out of turn two. Sterling's car drifted a little bit too high. He lost a position to a car that's not on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace was able to clear that machine. Back to that second-place battle, it's about four or five laps to go between Harry Gant and Davey Allison. They exchanged some paint coming off turn two. The two got together. After that, Gant fell in line behind him and has not, for the last couple of laps, tried to pull even again. They're working their way through traffic now as they come down the back straightaway. They'll go by the Kyle Petty cars ahead back to turn three. Kyle Petty works the inside groove being bypassed coming out of turn number four. Meanwhile, Brett Bodine has again taken the Quaker State Ford behind the wall. He's not gone to the garage. They are right behind their pit stall area adjacent to the infield media center where the crew continues to work. Also seeing more smoke from behind the Greg Sachs car and also now on Charlie Glotzbach's machine, particularly in the corners as he works out of the corner and heads back to start finish. Harry Gant just put a move on Davey Allison going into turn number three and will get around him and take over the number two spot but Davey comes charging right back and will drive underneath Gant down in turns one and two. Davey does the same thing going into turn one that Harry did going into turn three. Took that inside line and took the other car up the banking a bit. Davey retakes that second spot here just to hit a Harry Gant. They'll work back towards turn four. They'll also catch some traffic shortly. Dave Marcus, Bobby Hamilton, Chad Little, and then the race leader, Bill Elliott. Let's quickly check on pit road. On the Brett Bodine car, they've gone back to work on the axle on the car. Apparently, it's still slipping on the Quaker State Ford. Sandy Jones, Donnie Richardson, and the crew still trying to get that problem worked out. With uh, 149 laps on the board, the attrition rate has been very, very low here this afternoon. Jimmy Means, the only other car that had gone to the garage area, and Brett Bodine now behind the pit wall again. 151 laps go up on the scoreboard. Davey Allison and Harry Gant have been the show for the last 15 or 20 minutes around this racetrack. Watch Davey put a move on. Watch Gant put a move on. I asked Larry McReynolds, who was the crew chief for Davey Allison the other day, is Davey a driver that you need to talk to a lot on the radio when he gets in a tight battle like this? Well, I've seen him come a long way in a year, you know. I, when I first come over here, you know, I almost got the feeling he was like a wild Comanche, ready to win the race on the 10th lap. But but I've seen a difference, and I think that's what paid off for us at Daytona. He's seen what was fixing to happen, and he backed off a little bit and was able to get through it, thankfully. Davey Allison right now working his way around this racetrack. Gant takes a run at him again up in turn number three. We'll try to come around on the outside, but the lap car, Bobby Hamilton, is directly ahead, and Harry's going to have to get on the binders a little bit and let Davey Allison go. Back in a minute. One hundred fifty-nine of four hundred laps on the board, 
as Davey Allison in that battle ongoing with Harry Gant has finally yielded seconds ago Joel Moore for second spot. Harry Gant made his move to the inside of the racetrack and actually took Davey up the banking a bit. He gained the spot, but here comes Davey again. Both times coming off turn number four, the last two laps around, Gant was able to get up there, and as he came off four, the car would drift way high, and Davey would simply drive right down underneath him. That's where he's at as they work out of turn two. Davey's hooked up down at the bottom of the racetrack. He'll pull even momentarily, but now Gant reassumes that second spot. Davey has to settle in behind as they enter turn three. This is happening three and seven-tenth seconds behind the race leader, Bill Elliott. Bill has led 159 of the 160 laps so far, and I'm sure Winston Kelly in the Budweiser pit area, nobody's showing any concern whatsoever. No need to. Absolutely no concern, but not a whole lot of emotion as well. The stopwatch continues on Bill Elliott's car. Tim, Bill was running with Davies just about 20 laps ago and pulled away. Is he that much quicker as Davies slowed down? Well, you know, we sat here clocking on the watch, but, you know, traffic pays, plays pretty good at part and all this stuff. But Bill right now, you know, I don't think he's using the car. He's just running his, his pace. What's left is tied to the roll cage there inside the Budweiser car. What's tied to the roll cage in there? Uh, that's uh, it's a radio station there in Western Salem, WTQR. Eloise, she sent all the guys. Well, we won the Possum Award last week. So we eat the cake, tied the possum to the roll bar, for a ride. Barney Hall wanted to know earlier if you're going to loan him some money if you guys win today. Well, you know, this ain't about money. I mean, money's got nothing to do with it. Uh, it's good it's out there. You know, we're... We're just proud of our people, proud of the Budweiser Amco Ford, and uh, all the people back home. They're back there working. We're out here, you know, providing the product. It's it's great. Barney, you know how it feels. It's great. That's Tim Brewer, the crew chief on the Budweiser Ford, still with that big wide grin on his face, and you would imagine so as he's led all the way here, 164 laps, all except for one. I'll have to say one thing. They're not playing possum here this afternoon. Elliot's put it out front, and he's going to leave it out there all day long if possible. And that's what Tim said yesterday. He said we came to win this race, and we came to lead every lap of it if we can and they have done their homework on that car. At the same time, though, I know the Sawyers would be quick to point out, and rightfully so, in concert with the folks from Unical, with the Unical Challenge. You mentioned this earlier, but if you're just tuning in, if Bill Elliott wins today and wins the $197,600 from the Unical folks, uh, being the pole sitter to go on and win the race, the payoff today would exceed $260,000, which would be the most in the history of a NASCAR short track uh, event. So uh, there are some dollars on the line, whether the folks are really thinking about them or not. You can bet they're thinking about it, that's for sure. 167 laps go up on the scoreboard. Here's the situation right now. Bill Elliott is leading this race as he has from the get-go earlier this afternoon. He is now pulled away by about three seconds over the second-place car, Harry Gant. Davey Allison has dropped back maybe a second behind Harry Gant, who rides third. The hot battle on the racetrack a little bit earlier had been back there for fourth place between Alan Kowicki, Ricky Rudd, Darrell Waltrip, and Michael Waltrip, and Hut Strickland was locked up in it a moment ago as they all work over into turn three. Alan Kowicki has picked up that fourth spot. Ricky Rudd has now picked up the fifth position, but he may be in danger of losing that. Darrell Waltrip is there with them as they cross the start-finish line. When we come back, we'll give you a complete rundown in today's running of the Pontiac 400. But first, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 
with Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold, the entire MRN radio crew welcoming you back to Richmond International Raceway where Bill Elliott continues to lead as he has all but one lap today. As a matter of fact, the uh, top 12 cars, top 13 cars remain on the lead lap. The last car on the lead lap is Dick Trickle driving the Snickers automobile. Let's give you a rundown. Leading is Bill Elliott, Harry Gant is second, Davey Allison third, Alan Kowicki is fourth, fifth belongs to Ricky Rudd, sixth is Darrell Waltrip, Michael Waltrip is seventh, Hutch Strickland now in eighth, ninth is Sterling Marlin, and tenth Terry Labonte, eleventh is Morgan Shepard, twelfth Dale Earnhardt, and thirteenth is Dick Trickle. One lap down in fourteenth, they are posting Jeff Bodine, fifteenth is Dale Jarrett, 16th Jimmy Spencer, 17th Rick Mast, and 18th Ernie Irvin. Two laps down in 19th is Derek Cope. 20th spot is Mark Martin. He's two laps down. Also two laps down in 21st, Bobby Hamilton. 22nd, Kyle Petty. And 23rd, Ken Schrader. Three laps down in 24th is Dave Marcus. 25th, Rusty Wallace. 26th, Chad Little. Charlie Glotzback is in 27th. 28th, Wally Dallenbach. Richard Petty is 29th. 30th is Stanley Smith. Four laps down is Jeff Fuller. He is 31st. Five laps down and 32nd now is the Ted Musgrave car. Seven laps down and 33rd is Greg Sachs. Already out of the race is Jimmy Means and still being worked on behind the wall. The Quaker State Ford having suffered that broken axle problem earlier this afternoon. 173 laps are on the scoreboard as Bill Elliott continues to lead the Pontiac 400. At Richmond International Raceway, Bill Elliott about to lap the 13th place runner. That is Dale Earnhardt. They steam off into turn number one. And the 13th place car has now gone a lap down as Bill Elliott bypasses him off the corner. You know, it's amazing, Barney, in the seven Winston Cup races that have been held here on this three-quarter mile track, Bill Elliott had only led 42 of the 2,800 laps that had been raced up until this day. And today he has led 179 of the 180. Uh, what a difference uh, the change of scenery has made for that man. His finishes have not been really that good here when you get to looking back through the record. I didn't. I was thinking he might have finished second a time or two and even won a race here of the seven on the new tracks. But uh, statistics say no. I think he's had uh, a couple of fourth-place finishes. has been his best run overall from looking back in the record book. But, boy, today it's been all Bill Elliott since they put the green flag in the air earlier this afternoon. We'll be approaching the halfway point here in 19 more laps. Make that 18 now. 182 are on the board. And don't forget, if you haven't called in to register for your chance to win a new Chevy Lumina or an instant bonus prize, now's the chance in the Gillette Halfway Challenge. That phone number, 1-900-226-6600. You have to call before the halfway lap. Each call costs 95 cents. You must be at least 18 years of age or enter, uh, to enter. There is no purchase necessary. Void in Louisiana and Minnesota and elsewhere where prohibited. Complete rules and mail and entry forms are available where Gillette products like White Guard and a purse print deodorant and sensor razors are sold. 183 laps are on the scoreboard. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Greg Sachs has pulled his bright yellow Kellogg's cornflakes car behind the wall. Greg, what's the problem on the car? Well, Winston, it uh, appears that we burned out an exhaust gasket. We got a little pop, and as a result, where the exhaust gasket leak was, it burned out the valve cover gasket. That's what caused a little oil leak and a smoke, consequently black flag. So we've got to repair the uh, uh, valve cover gasket right now, and hopefully that uh, the uh, exhaust leak won't burn it out again. 
Greg trying to get this Kellogg's Corn Flakes car back in the race this afternoon. They've had some pretty good runs. They had a good run at Daytona, and they had the car humming pretty good down at Rockingham last week, but they've had more than their share of uh, just some bad misfortune in the first couple of races of the year. I look for that team to do very well before the year is out, running think. a full schedule for the first time with Harry Hyde calling the shots on that car, the Larry Hedrick Kellogg's team. 186 laps are on the scoreboard right now. We were talking about Bill Elliott a moment ago and his finishes here since this track had gone to three-quarters of a mile, and we understand now that he has finished every race in the top ten, but uh, you would think he'd have won one. I mean, the way he no. runs on a track like this and as good as he always qualifies and everything, but uh, it's not an easy racetrack. It's a tough one to get it hooked up all day long. One guy who is hooked up right now is Harry Gant. Harry has cut that comfortable Bill Elliott lead now down to one and a half seconds. 1.57 seconds is the advantage that Elliott has on Harry Gant. Let's check into the school pit area. With Andy Pinkford, the crew chief. Andy, you've got by one Ford and Davey Allison. How about the 11? Did you get by him? Well, they've been pretty tough today. You know, he's tipping away at that 11 car right now, but... You know, they got a little bit of advantage on us right now. Maybe we can wear them down. Your car seems to have been good all day. Yeah, it's handling pretty good. You know, we're just going to see what happens. Still a long way to go. Andy Petrie, the crew chief for Harry Gant, as he closes in on Bill Elliott. Talk about hardworking fellows. There's another one we were discussing, uh, Mike Beam, earlier. Andy Petrie also uh, works hard. He's had his time behind the race car as well. He's driven up at Hickory Motor Speedway over the years and some of their local divisions up there at uh, Benny Yunt's racetrack. So uh, Andy Petrie, another of those hard workers. And who can still forget the way Harry Gant ran here a year ago? You know, they've got that uh, great streak uh, that they'd love to duplicate from last September, which included the stop here at Richmond, Virginia, for both the Bush Series and the Winston Cup. Hey, this has been a good racetrack for Harry over the years. It's another one of those places when he gets the car anywhere near to his liking he's an awfully hard man to beat and right now he is proving that by sticking in there in second place had some of the best racing of the day between himself and Davey Allison a little bit early this afternoon but for the moment he has pulled away a little bit from Davey and has a little breathing room so to speak as they work around this racetrack meanwhile Davey Allison is about to move around Dale Earnhardt who yet that car just has not been hooked up for Dale Earnhardt like they wanted it to you heard a report from the pits a little bit earlier that the car would make some more, have some more adjustments made on it when they bring him back in the next time. We are nine laps shy of halfway right now. If you're a Brett Bodine fan, we'll tell you that Brett is now 64 laps down after that most recent visit to the uh, pit area for service. He is being shown in 34th spot as we are just nine laps shy of halfway. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. We are six laps shy of halfway here in the Pontiac 400, the third race of the 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup Series. The Daytona 500 by STP, won by Davey Allison. A weekend ago at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, it was Bill Elliott. And again today, Elliott has led 194 of the 195 laps on the board, and he now begins to try and set sail to chase down the Dick Trickle car, running in 11th spot, 11 cars are on the lead lap. Let's see if we can get a report from the 11 car pit. Well, walk back in here now. Junior Johnson is sitting on pit wall with his familiar post. Junior, Junior, this is a little bit different. Sometimes your cars normally kind of lay back for later in the race. Is this a different strategy with Bill to stay up front? Well, uh, I think he's just running the car where it's comfortable. That's what it looks like to me. Stabilize. They're all about the same speed, so uh, I hope he's got 
drives off from $10,000. Very much aware of that, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. <laughs> yeah, Tim told us a little bit ago it's not about money, but I believe they do keep tabs on a few of those things. We're only about a lap and a half away now from that Gillette halfway challenge, and Bill Elliott about to take home $10,000 more. They're also doing it at a record pace here at Richmond International Raceway. Average speed, 107.816 miles an hour. Of course, we are just halfway, understand, but it's still two miles an hour quicker than the quickest 400-lap race ever run here. Here we come towards halfway. Bill Elliott works to the inside of Dick Trickle, put him a lap down in the process. Elliott comes off the low side of the racetrack off turn two, bypassing Dick Trickle, the next car in line, the Kenny Schrader machine. That'll be the last car on the lead lap. He's running 10th. Here they come off turn number four, back to the stripe. Bill Elliott will lead at halfway. He'll win the Gillette Halfway Challenge and take home $10,000 from the folks at Gillette. Now, if you entered the Gillette Halfway Challenge contest, stay by your phone because if you're called back during the race and can tell us that Bill Elliott was the leader at halfway, you'll be today's lucky winner of a Chevrolet awarded by the Gillette Company. Makers of Right Guard and a purse burned and deodorant for maximum protection against wetness and odor. And the sensor shaving system, the revolutionary razor that adjusts to the contours of your face. So good luck and remember Bill Elliott leading it halfway. Harry Gant's car begins to climb the banking a little bit over in one and two. That car not handling well getting off the corner. And right now, if you look over there, you'll see at least a half a dozen of the top teams having problems getting off the number two turn, Joe Moore. Quite a few of the cars begin to drift up. They'll get about halfway between turns one and two, and the car wants to slide up to the outside wall. Now, unlike turn three and turn four, you can let the car stretch itself out. You really don't have to bind it up. But off turn number two, quickly, you have to reset the car because the wall comes up so quickly. We're watching Harry Gant this time come off turn two. We can see a little bit of wiggle from our position here at the end of the back straightaway as the car tries to get into the wall and Harry has to recorrect. Harry's car still drifting up the banking just a bit, but not so the case for Bill Elliott. His car, as we say, just running on a rail. He is not varying an inch at all unless there's race traffic in the way. Bill Elliott, could you have even believed that you'd get off to this kind of a start with a new team? No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I sat back over in the winter and I thought a lot of a lot of things and I never had any idea it would come to this as far as the way things have gotten and uh, as good as all the guys have been to me and as good as we've worked together so far and you know Tim's just been great he you know he's understanding of a race car and you know I've gone through a lot of years of doing the stuff a lot myself and didn't have a lot of the practical experience of, of of seeing things a different way, you know, and coming here has got me an idea of seeing things a different way. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be good some days. I'm sure we'll be bad some days. But, you know, I feel like we got the same goals as far as, as trying to win races, and that's what this, this game's all about. Thoughts of Bill Elliott. Now, one thing, Barney, going by the numbers we've seen earlier today, we're at lap 205 now. That last series of pit stops for the leaders is back on lap 100 during the only caution flag of the day. So we should be within shouting distance of the next round of green flag pit stops here shortly. I think we'll see some probably in the next 6 to 10 laps. 206 laps are on the board.
Bill Elliott continues to lead in the Pontiac 400. He has been wearing out the field today, although he hasn't lapped everybody. There are still nine cars on the lead lap. We've had just a couple of lead changes. He and Davey Allison swapping it back and around a couple of times. And otherwise, it has been all Bill Elliott. And uh, now we're in the midst of green flag pit stops. We've already seen Stanley Smith stop. We've also had Charlie Glotz back, Terry Labonte, Morgan Shepard has been in. Here on lap number 213 will come Kyle and Richard Petty along with Wally Dallin back. So he, those cars, Jeff Fuller now also peeling off the racetrack to make their stops. No surprise here, though, Barney, the True Value Hard Charger Award being led convincingly by Bill Elliott over Davey Allison and Sterling Marlin at this juncture of the day. The way Bill Elliott's going, he's going to pile up so many points in that. It's going to be hard to catch him for a while. 214 laps are on the board. It is still Bill Elliott in the lead. We're looking for some pit stops from the front runners here in the next four or five laps for sure. Richard Petty has the STP Pontiac serviced. He is down and away. Now we're watching the Interstate Batteries car of Dale Jarrett come off the banking up in turns three and four, and he will make his pit stop. Here comes Kenny Schrader. Here comes Davey Allison and Dick Trickle, who's had a pretty good run this afternoon. The Kodak film machine with Ernie Irvin aboard as a driver is also making his stop. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. The Interstate Batteries car of Dale Jarrett in for service. They've already finished changing the right side rubber. Jack Manberry Hines wheels around to the left side of the car. Doug Shack putting in place the left front tire. Also on service on the car, Randy Anderson. Here comes Sterling Marlin in and Sterling has to get on the binders as Dale Jarrett comes to a stop. Sterling now comes to a stop as Mike Powell begins to put in the gas, Steve Spar has the jack up on the right side of the car. Charles Wright and Donnie Dishroon changing right side rubber on the car. The Michael Walter car in for service as well. As the Budweiser team now are preparing to bring in leader Bill Elliott now up to Jim Phillips. Ernie Urban is in right now. He's getting four tires of gasoline. His service is done. Davey Allison was in on lap 216 for four tires of gasoline. The... 21 car, Morgan Shepard's in on lap uh, 210 as Harry Gant peels in and Andy Petrie and Billy Abernathy go to work on the right side as Scott Robinette loosens the lug nuts on the left side. One of Kenham Gass is in. The second can is being put in right now. Also in is Hutt Strickland for four tires and gasoline as Jeff O'Neill peels in and his pitch gone and Mark Martin is in for four tires and gasoline at this time. And the lead car is now on pit road. That will be Bill Elliott. This should give the lead to Darrell Walker. Let's cover the stop on Elliott. Right side rubber is already on. Mike Hill now wheels around to the left side to put on the, the left rear tire. Crew Chief Tim Brewer putting in the right, the left front tire. Darrell Andrews has put the tires in place. Henry Benfield finishes filling it up with gas. And in 23.12 seconds, the Budweiser Ford is out and away. Now, Darrell Waltrip, as you say, Barney, is the last of the leaders to pit. He hasn't pitted, nor has Rick Mass, nor has Dave Marcus. Here comes Jimmy Spencer uh, off the racetrack through the attention of Travis Carter and the crew. So Darrell Waltrip leads on lap 220. Remember what happened last time we had these green flag stops. That's when the uh, caution came out when Jimmy Means blew an engine and ended up putting a number of fellas uh, two and, in some cases, three laps down. So Darrell's out there and stretching it, but also taking a chance or two here. Well, he's he's gonna he's in a pretty good position right now to, to kind of gamble just a little bit. We see Walter coming out of the banking in turns three and four, and he will make his scheduled pit stop also to bring the Western Auto machine in the pits, and he'll bring it in at lap 220. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt has had his service and has now gone back onto the racetrack also. Let's cover the Darrell Waltrip stop as he takes his car into the pits. 
Well, of late, Darrell Walters has been the last guy to come into the pits on the gasoline mileage as Doug Richard and Bob Sutton going to work on the right side of the Western Auto Chevrolet. All the pit stops down on this end of pit road have gone extremely smooth. Protecting the right side tires now. They're done. The swing around the left side is Jeff Hammond carries the jack. As Greg Sachs pulls his machine out behind the pit wall, the continues. The second can of gasoline is going at the Western Auto Chevrolet. It's down 20.2 seconds for the Western Auto team. Good work for Darrell Waltrip's crew as they get him down and send him back onto the racetrack. And this is going to jumble up the running order, and we'll set it for you in a minute. 227 laps are complete of 400. Seven cars are on the lead lap. One of the fellows who's really very quietly been hanging right in there all day now. Fourth place runner Ricky Rudd, who started back in 27th. That has now progressed up to fourth spot. Here's the lead lap cars. Harry Gant is the leader. Davey Allison running second. Bill Elliott third. Rudd is fourth. Michael Waltrip fifth. Darrell Waltrip is sixth. And Alan Kulwicki is seventh. Those seven cars on the lead lap. Those of you who follow the fates and fortunes of Greg Sachs, he is back on the racetrack after the problem with the exhaust gasket and the valve cover gaskets and so on. He is now 53 laps down, running in 33rd position. And the interval between first and second place right now, which will be Harry Gant and Davey Allison, is about a second. Just a, just a pinch over a second is the interval between those two as they're both going to be caught up in some heavy traffic here in just a moment. We've just been informed that today's attendance, the sellout crowd, 65,200 race fans. And if you look out here, you can believe that real easy. They put in a lot yeah. of new seats, and they plan to start quite a bit of construction as soon as this race is over and put in somewhere around 6,500 more seats down in turns one and two, according to Paul Sawyer. We were talking to him a little bit yesterday. All right, right now they have your basic bleacher type of seats ringing turns one and two, while turns three and four are one continuous huge high-rise bleacher all the way around. And they were telling us they've already got the metal out there behind the racetrack. And as soon as we all clear out of here today, they're going to start building and uh, get everything done with those new seats in time for September. He said he was going to put a couple of bucket seats in our broadcast booth, but he wasn't sure what size bucket you had. So uh, we're, we're going to have to wait and check on that, I guess. Pl plentiful. Plentiful is the, uh, is the way bucket seats are listed. Plentiful. 232 laps are on the scoreboard in the Pontiac 400 here this afternoon. We do this for fun, not for money, right? <laughs> Grant Lynch of R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company and Sports Marketing Enterprises has stepped into our booth here in just a moment. So with the field strung out a little bit, it'll give us a minute to talk with him. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Winston coming up down at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I think I've heard more folks talking about the, that race being run under the lights. Is it coming along like everybody expected? Yes, it is, Barney. I was down there about two weeks ago, and they had all the lights up coming out of turn two all the way through and down through turn four. And they're putting the lights up on the front stretch now. Have you had has have y'all had a lot of response from the fans about this saying, hey, man, this is a great idea to run this thing at night? Well, I think if you look at the crowd here and it announced at 65,200 a sellout, and from what they tell me down in Charlotte, ticket sales are 200% ahead of last year. They're already down to the lower rows. I would urge the fans to call Charlotte Motor Speedway and get their tickets soon. What kind of uh, testing plan have they put together? Bruton Smith was with us last week uh, on the broadcast in Rockingham, and he was telling us that they hope to have a chance to do some testing. How much testing is going to be done once the new lights are in place? Uh, I talked to some of the Charlotte Motor Speedway people yesterday, and they were telling me that there is going to be some open testing on April 15th and 16th, and they are going to invite the fans to come out and watch really? this testing. So this is going to be a unique chance for the fans to come see these guys get a chance to run under the lights. Grant, i got a feeling that's going to be one of the most exciting Winstons we've seen since the Winston has been 
run over the last several years, and uh, I think all the guys at R.J. Reynolds are to be congratulated. Whoever came up with that idea of running it at night under the lights, I'm sure you guys had something to do with it. Well, we were we were in the meeting when Charlotte suggested it to us, but uh, we knew a good idea when we heard one, and with them wanting to spend that kind of money to light their speedway, we certainly backed them 100%. Well, we're tick- we're looking forward to being there, our, our once-a-year visit to the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and we're glad we're going to be there for the Winston. Thank you, fellas. We'll let Grant Lynch get back downstairs because we may have a battle shaping up for the lead here in just a moment. It is tightening up among the front three. Harry Gant looks back, and Bill Elliott's there within four or five car lengths, and so is Davey Allison working to turn three. Bill's been having to deal with traffic for a while. He's cleared most of those cars except the Ted Musgrave machine. He now gets by Musgrave and closes in to within five car lengths of Gant. Those cars coming back towards start-finish now and heading off into the corner again. The lead is held by Harry Gant, Bill Elliott second, Davey Allison third, Ricky Rudd fourth, fifth is Michael Waltrip, sixth is Darrell Waltrip, and seventh is Alan Kowicki. Those are the cars on the lead lap right now as Harry Gant brings them through some rather heavy race traffic, closing in on the uh, Derek Koch car, Rick Mast, Dale Jarrett, all those cars directly ahead of the race leaders as they work into turn number one. Gant drives up behind the Derek Koch car. He's sitting alongside Rick Mast. Those two cars approach Dale Jarrett, so a threesome directly ahead of the race leader as he tries to find a way to get by them. Here comes Elliott closing in even more. Here they come back through three and four again, and Harry Gant is right on the rear deck of the Purillator Chevrolet. Gant now will look in his rear view mirror and see Bill Elliott closing in from the rear flank. Harry Gant took the lead on lap 222. We're now on lap 240, and it's virtually been Bill Elliott leading all the way, and here comes Elliott again. Gant goes to work on the lap traffic. First to Derek Cope to the outside of that machine. He'll bypass Cope, and here comes Elliott, shutting it down to two car lengths. And this traffic has made Harry slow up just a little bit, taking his time getting through the corners. That's been a break for Bill Elliott, not to say that Elliott's car is really getting around this racetrack. But it's allowed both men to really close up the interval between first and second, having to work through some of the lap traffic. They head back to turn three. Harry Gant leads the way, closing in on the Rick Mast car. Elliott now dealing with Derek Cope. He'll blast by that one in turn three. 241 laps are complete in the Pontiac 400. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Bill Elliott continues to get even closer to Harry Gant as they approach some traffic directly ahead. Three cars kind of running door to door coming off the corner up in turn number four. Going to slow both of the front runners up a little bit more and tighten it up for the lead as they head off into turn number one. Which way is Gant going to go? Take the high road or the low road? Well, he got close call there for him because he was going around on the outside of Ernie Irvin, but Irvin decided to climb the banking as well. Now Irvin steps down low. Gant is able to go by on the outside with Elliott right on his rear deck. The interesting story, though, in turn three and four. Gant is taking a much higher line through the turn than is Bill Elliott. Harry's car is going, working well towards the outside. Elliott is really splitting the turn right down the middle. But here's a challenge for the lead in turn two. Gant goes up the banking. Elliott dives down low. He'll try to pull even off the corner. Can't quite make it happen. Elliott falls back in line behind Harry Gant. Bill Elliott's strong suit is at the bottom of the racetrack. He can drive that car right down to the yellow line. Harry Gant, on the other hand, in both ends of the speedway, will drift up about a half a lane or two. And if Elliott can get a run at him to get underneath him in the corners. He's got a shot to take the lead away. They head back to turn two. Elliott stays right in behind Harry Gant, was following his tire tracks through turn number two. About five car lengths ahead. Lap traffic. Those two cars stacked up double wide. Dale Jarrett and Rick Mast still single file. Gant just ahead of Elliott. Here Gant again goes high in turn number four. No chance for Elliott to make the inside move. And again, they'll draw even that much more closer to the Rick Mast-Dale Jarrett battle that is side by side. 
Today's Pontiac 400 on MRN Radio is sponsored by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats. Flat out better than the rest by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. By Pennzoil, the motor oil that outperforms any leading motor oil against viscosity breakdown. By Purilator Filters, you just can't buy better engine protection than Purilator Filters. And by Gumout, quality automotive products providing solutions to engine problems. With only one caution flag, the average speed continues to climb here at Richmond International Raceway. An average speed of 108.259 miles an hour in the Pontiac 400, which has had four lead changes among four drivers. Only one caution flag brought out when Jimmy Means' car expired an engine back on lap number 100. Harry Gant, currently the race leader. He has led for 30 of those laps. Bill Elliott has led 217 of the 254 laps run to the moment. We welcome you back with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold, the entire MRN crew here at Richmond International Raceway. I tell you, there's so many. It's very interesting. I can't remember, and we'd have to look it up in the book. I can't remember when we've gone 255 laps here and had just one car in the garage area. I don't think we've ever had that happen. I don't remember. Usually by the halfway point, there'll be at least four or five, and sometimes as much as 10 or 12, depending on what happens in the racetrack and accidents, and a lot of times just mechanical failures on some of the cars. But that's a tribute to the mechanics who work on these machines and put them together. We're seeing less and less attrition at every racetrack we go to. We did toward the end of last season. Uh, it got to be unless an accident took eight or nine cars out. It was highly unusual to have more than four or five in there with an engine problem or a transmission problem or something like that. As they continue to just get it dialed in as such a science, uh, they just don't have that much mechanical problems anymore. Right now, the race lead held by Harry Gant. He's got about two and a half, three car lanes on Bill Elliott, and there's been no chance at a pass of late as those men work around race traffic, bypassing Richard Petty and Greg Sachs. They close in on Bobby Hamilton and Dave Marcus. Running in third spot now is Davey Allison. After winning Daytona and a strong second-place run at Rockingham, you know, the short track program for Robert Yates Racing is really the last element of the team to come together, Davey. In 1990, we just outguessed everybody at Bristol. Uh, we still didn't have our short track program together. And then when Larry came over last year, he brought along some knowledge from some some of the people that he worked with before. And, you know, they accumulated test sessions at Martinsville, Wiltsboro, and Bristol. And even on the road courses, we started getting our program together. We ran real good at Sears Point won the race there. We ran real good at Watkins Glen, and I let my broken hand get in the way trying to dodge Mark Martin, or we'd have finished second there. So, you know, I think the whole program's starting to come together now, not just the short tracks, but road courses, and we're getting our things ironed out on the super speedways, too. Davey Allison with a good run, but not so for Michael Waltrip. Something erupts out of the bottom of that car, Joel Moore, heading up the back straight away towards you. Big blow of smoke came out of the back end of the sixth-place car as he came off turn number two. Then it turned to flames, standing from behind the car. As he came back up into turn number three, he slowed the car down, and now it's coasting here down the back straightaway as we're under caution. And it looks like the flames have gone out under the car, but for a moment it was a pretty scary minute coming through turns three and four with an awful lot of flames underneath the Pennzoil Pontiac car. 
caution is on the speedway the second time this afternoon. This one will come out at lap 260. Michael Waltrip is down on the apron of the racetrack and will be heading into the garage area. Maybe we can find out there what happened to him. Meanwhile, Harry Gant and Bill Elliott duck off the banking. The front two and Davey Allison, the third place car, are all on pit road as they head down to their respective pits to get service. The Budweiser team goes to work on that car in a hurry. Let's get a report. On the right side, rubber. Tim Brewer now putting the right front tire on Mike Hill. The right rear tire. Also on the lead lap, hitting for service. The tied Chevrolet of Ricky Rudd. It'll be a four-tire stop for them. Now, only the lead lap cars can come in the first time. There's only seven on the lead lap. Left side tires for Ricky Rudd and Tim and the uh, Tim Brewer-led team for Bill Elliott. He's off and away now. Up to Jim Phillips. Well, look, Harry Gant's service is done. A tire gets in his way, but he shoves it out of the way. Alan Kowicki's in for four tires and gasoline. Daryl Waltrip's team is putting on four tires. Davey Allison peels out of his pit stall, and he's down and away. And Waltrip's service is done. The last car, well, Alan Kowicki's still on the pit lane a little bit longer on his pit stop. He's getting a chassis adjustment on the left side. Now, Barney, Daryl Waltrip went 120 laps before, you'll remember. And even if that's the most you're going to go, that'll put us about 19 laps or so shy of conclusion here so chances are unless something uh, most unusual in the fuel area goes on there's going to have to be another pit stop somewhere along the line we'll check that out in the pits in a moment we'll be back quick reminder martinsville speedway kicks off its 45th anniversary season on sunday march 22nd it is racing's wildest triple header the miller 500 mrn will be there and yes the ticket office is open right now so you might want to make your plans for all of the exciting racing at clay earl's beautiful martinsville speedway in virginia their 45th anniversary of racing there and by the way the nascar winston modified tour will be in action here at the richmond international raceway on saturday april the 4th at two o'clock the NASCAR Modified 150. The seats are $20 general admission. Kids 12 and under, absolutely free. Let's go to the garage. With Michael Waltrip, who just climbed out of the Penzo of Pontiac. Michael, what happened to the car? Uh, something inside of the engine just broke, you know. Uh, gave no warning. Just a part failure, you know. Wasn't anybody's fault. The Penzo Pontiac for the, the third race in a row was, was right there. And, and uh we were a little bit off. We started good and got to pushing there toward the end and had plenty of room to adjust and felt like we had a real good shot to run well today, but it's over for now, I guess. We'll be on to next week for Michael Waltrip. And we'll be back under green here in just a moment from the Richmond International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. Getting set to go back to green on lap 265. We were just talking with Michael Waltrip. You know, this time last year, he was 30th in Winston Cup points. And coming into the race today, he is 6th in Winston Cup points, even with the disappointment of uh, Daytona near the finish and today here. So things are going awfully well for the Pennzoil team, nevertheless. Green flag goes back in the air. Harry Gant takes off. He's the leader. Right behind him is Bill Elliott. Behind Elliott is Davey Allison. Ricky Rudd is 4th. Daryl Waltrip is 5th. Double file. They go through turns one and two. Lap car, Dale Jarrett down on the inside again as they come off turn number two. And Gant's not able to shake that car very easily. Bill Elliott now closing in from the outside lane behind Harry Gant. Here they come back through turn three and four towards start finish. With clear track ahead of them, Gant, the race leader, took the lead on lap 222. Has Bill Elliott right behind him. Then Davey Addison a car length and a half further back. Then Ricky Rudd as those cars all work free of traffic. Finally, Gant shakes the Dale Jarrett car, clears that machine. Here comes Elliott now. He's alongside Dale Jarrett. Davey Allison directly behind the, the Elliott cars. They go back to four. Just seems like when Harry Gant has really good luck or either wins one of the Bush Grand National races on Saturday, 
it pumps him up for Sunday because he's been on the charge since they put him under green early this afternoon. And a couple of cars have really worked on him to try and knock him out of the lead, but they haven't been able to do it. Elliott's putting a lot of pressure on him now as they work up to three. Elliott's starting to look down to the inside, and here he comes, sticking a fender down alongside Harry Gant, trying to make the move. Gant gives him some racing room off turn four. Here comes Elliott. He's still to the inside of Harry Gant. They come to the stripe. Gant by about a half car length, but now as Harry goes high, Elliott stays low, and Bill Elliott reassumes the lead in the Pontiac 400. Gant running second and two and a half car lanes further back. Davey Allison in third. Ricky Rudd back in the fourth spot. He's still working some of the lap traffic behind him. Two more cars. Then the Alan Kowicki car. And Kowicki with a problem. He drops to the inside of the track. Darrell Walter tries to pull up alongside him. Darrell Walter will move up and won't get a shot at Kowicki this time around as they head back into turn number one. Watching Bill Elliott make that pass on Harry Gant a moment ago. He is a smooth race driver. Talked to Junior about him a couple of times before they hired him up there. And he said, that's one of the things I like about him. He's a thinking race driver. He doesn't really take a lot of chances. He knows what his car will do, and he's just real smooth. And he said, I like that in a driver, in contrast to some of the earlier years when he wanted a driver in there that would sling that car every way from Sunday. Uh, Junior's kind of looking at it now like it's a thinking man's game out there, and it certainly is. Harry Gant again pulls right back up on Elliott, but that's about all he's able to do. Harry takes a shot at him coming off the corner, but he has to fall back in line and single file. Gant's going to have to worry about a fast-closing Davey Allison who's coming in from third. Davey Allison about two and a half, three car lanes down as Bill Elliott leads lap 273 across the stripe. As well as you're running now, Bill Elliott, does it make up for the disappointments of late last fall? Well, I think so. Uh, You know, different situations weren't different things and uh, you know the last couple of years have been very trying as far as what I was trying to accomplish and the things I was doing and uh, you know looking back on 90 and, and all the good runs we had but but came up short at the end of the day and you know, had some sort of little problem and last year you know, we had a, several good runs going but you know only come up uh, went in Daytona 4th of July but you know, all in all, is is this a tough business? And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, if you beat them, you know, a couple of times, then they tend to beat themselves. And, uh, you know, I think I'm real uh, realistic enough to know that, uh, you know, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days, and you got to accept them regardless of what. Well, he's having a good day right now, and so is Davey Allison. Davey just went to the inside of the track, bypassed Harry Kent, so moved Davey Allison now up to second. Davey Allison closes in on the leader, and the fans like it here at Richmond this afternoon as they come out of the corner. Bill Elliott pulls them down the straightaway by some five car lengths as they head back off into turn number one in the field after that round of pit stops a moment ago, beginning to string out just a little bit, although the front three are only about a car length apart in the backstretch. Time out to see what Davey can do with Bill Elliott, if anything. He's trying to close in on the race leader back in turn three. He shut it down to two car lengths. You might remember Davey Allison did take the lead for a lap back on lap 124 today when he did just grab that lead momentarily from Bill Elliott. He'll try and close it again in turn number two. Down about a car length and a half, maybe two. Davies down on the inside of the track, whereas Elliott's taking a much higher line coming through turns one and two. About three car lengths separate the two. Gant back to the third spot. Two or three car lengths back to the fourth place car of Ricky Rudd. 276 laps are on the board. Back in fifth place is Alan Kowicki. Darrell Walker rides six and rounding out the top seven positions will be Morgan Shepard.
on lap 282 here at Richmond International Raceway. The battle for second place nearly rubbing one against the other. Harry Gant and Davey Allison trading some paint, and they're battling again in turn number two. Gant got by going into turn two, drifted a little bit high. Davey almost got a shot back at him. Meanwhile, back in the battle for fourth, side by side for a while. And once again in turn number three, Kowicki down on the inside of Ricky Rudd. Alan Kowicki's been getting stronger as the day goes by. He just moved around Ricky Rudd a moment ago and will work back into turn number one. But Harry Gann and Davey Allison have been the show here this afternoon in the Pontiac 400. About a half a dozen times they have swapped that second place uh, around between themselves. Gant getting in the corner real hard and Davey Allison letting him take the car in just a little bit harder than maybe Harry wanted to and drifting up and Allison just driving right down to the bottom of the speedway and going right back around him. It's been an impressive showing for a number of drivers today, but all the while Bill Elliott has pulled away. We'll get the interval between himself and second place Harry Gant that is two and one-tenth seconds from first to second spot. So Elliott leads, Gant second, Davey Allison third, Ricky Rudd fourth, Alan Kulwicki is fifth, and Darrell Waltrip is sixth. Those are the only six cars on the lead lap. One lap down in seventh is Morgan Shepard. Eighth is Terry Labonte. Dale Earnhardt is ninth. Tenth belongs to Hutch Strickland. Sterling Marlin runs 11th, and Dick Trickle is 12th. Two laps down in 13th is Dale Jarrett. 14th now is Jimmy Spencer. Three laps down in 15th is Ken Schrader. 16th is Derek Culp with 17th going to Ernie Irvin. 18th, Rick Mast. 19th is Jeff Bodine. Kyle Petty is 20th, and 21st is Mark Martin. Four laps down, and 22nd is Bobby Hamilton. 23rd is Rusty Wallace, and going in 24th, Wally Dallenbach. Five laps down, and 25th is Richard Petty, and 26th now is Chad Little. Six laps down, and 27th, Ted Musgrave. 28th is Stanley Smith. 29th is Charlie Glotzbach. Seven laps back is Jeff Fuller. He is running in 30th. 31st is Dave Marcus. He is now eight laps down. Other cars on the racetrack include Brett Bodine, who is some 64 laps down. Greg Sachs is out there running again, but the car sounds awfully rough, as though he's probably dropped the cylinder on the uh, Kellogg's car. He is running in 32nd position. Also on the racetrack, uh, actually those are the only cars on the racetrack, Jimmy Means and Michael Waltrip, the two cars in the garage area at this juncture of the day. Best battle on the speedway is going on between Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki out of turn two. A couple of Fords side by side. Kowicki has chased down Davey Allison and now is trying to make the move on him as they go into turn three. Here they come through three and four now. Everybody taking their own line. It's interesting to watch as Gant goes way high in his own second place run. Kowicki works well down low as Allison drifts high. Kowicki takes the lead in four, but then he goes high in turn number two, opening the inside for Allison again. Maybe he'll try to take advantage coming off the corner. He'll pull even with Alan Kowicki. At turn number three, Kowicki's got a fender out in front, but Davey's still there with him. Davey Allison has been strong at the bottom of the speedway all afternoon long. He's been able to drive under several cars when he's been battling for position. Wasn't able to do it this time on Alan Kowicki. Kowicki kind of shut the door on him, coming through three and four as they hit turn two. This time, Davey looks to the outside, trying to make his move there, sees that's not going to work. He'll peek down low about halfway down the back straightaway, but think better of it and fall back in line in single file behind Alan Kowicki. 291 laps on the board. Bill Elliott continues to lead comfortably in the Pontiac 400. Vince Watkins has joined us in the booth to visit. He is the vice president and special projects development. Food Lion, the associate sponsor on Dale Jarrett's Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. Vince, good to have you with us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. And 
I want to say how much uh, all 55,000 Food Line employees are proud to be a part of this uh, Joe Gibbs Interstate Battery Racing Team. You know, that's something you bring up, uh, the employee involvement. I guess from our standpoint here, we see the name on the car, we see folks around the racetrack, but we don't get to feel what it's like for the employees to be able to say, hey, that's our race car out there. And I'm sure the folks at Food Lion really appreciate that. Oh, I think they take a great deal of pride being teamed with uh, guys like Joe Gibbs, Dale Jarrett, and Jimmy Maycar. I dare say it wasn't a difficult uh, decision as a special project vice president. It wasn't a tough call to get involved with these folks. No, it really wasn't. It, it, it's evident that the coach has put together another winning team, and in the long run, I think we'll prove that uh, over the years. Well, Vince, great to see you here, and uh, good to have you visit for the first time. And don't be a stranger. Come by anytime. Okay, thanks very much. Vince Watkins, vice president, special project development for the folks at Food Lion, now very much a part of the racing world through their associate sponsorship of Dale Jarrett. We've got 150 five laps remaining in the Pontiac 400 here at Richmond. Welcome back to Richmond International Raceway. Bill Elliott, the current race leader, has dominated today. He has led 248 of 300 laps as we now work into that final 100-lap segment of the day with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. We mentioned moments ago before the break that Greg Sachs's car sounded a little sickly as though it had dropped the cylinder. And now it sounds as though the same problem has befallen the 12th place car of Dick Trickle, Winston Kelly. The Snickers Ford Thunderbird is running down on the low side of the track. Ken Wilson is still calling out times. Ken, the car seems to be a little bit off the pace. What's the problem? Uh, we had something in the valve train to drop out of the valve or a rock arm or something. We're going to have to slow down just trying to finish the race right now. That's the word from the Snickers pen of driver Dick Trickle, a problem in the valve train on the car, and they're just going to try to ride it out. Most of the drivers were in at lap 260 to 263 and 4 just a moment ago when that caution flag was out. And Jim Phillips, it would be highly unlikely that anybody would even consider taking a gamble to go the distance for, say, 138 or 9 laps. I don't think they can make it. Nobody can make it. Uh, Fast Andy Petrie. Andy, been on about lap 264. Is there any way you could make it on gasoline all the way? Well, it doesn't look like it. I kind of hope nobody else can, too. Looks like one of those cars slipped. There's no vacant place. That seven car is starting to come on now. Your car seems to be better on the long run. Yeah, it has been, you know. I think that horsepower advantage kind of goes away when the tires get worn down. You know, it's still a few laps to go here. We'll see how it checks out. Andy Peter, the crew chief for Harrogate, and I don't think that uh, they plan on taking any chances on trying to go all the way. I'm sure I don't think we'll see anybody trying to stretch that kind of mileage here at Richmond this afternoon. Harry Gant works his way through turns three and four. Alan Kowicki has been closing on him just a little bit for the last eight or nine laps around. He's chopped it down now to seven or eight car lengths. The interval between first and second has remained pretty much the same, just a little better than a second. Let's go back to the pits. We're in the Alan Kowicki pit with Paul Andrews. Paul, as this race is worn on, your car seems to be getting better all the time. Yeah, the car's back, back pretty good right now. They're getting a little off in the middle of the race. I think we're going to be good for the rest of the race. And you're right, the longer we go, the better we get. I think we'll be good to the end. How about the fuel mileage? Could you make it all the way on gasoline? No, we got to make one more stop. Okay, that's Paul Andrews, the crew chief for Alan Kowicki, who now rides third. 
That seems to be pretty universal. Again, the longest we've seen anybody go today is the 120 laps that Darrell Waltrip went between uh, his stop on lap 100 and then lap 220. And if he does that again, even they, even he will end up about uh, 18 laps shy. You know who's done well today? I don't think we've mentioned his name uh, just a couple, three times during rundowns, and that is Jeff Fuller, the uh, NASCAR Winston Modified Tour standout, who is making his debut in Winston Cup racing here today. Fuller has been running consistently. He has not been surging his way up into the top 10 or the top 15, but he has run consistent speeds all afternoon long, getting used to wrestling a 3,500-pound stock car around. He's staying out of everybody's way, and I'll tell you, that's the way to break in. you got to give this guy a tip of the hat because Lord knows he's driven well in modifieds, and he wants to step up, and he's going, at least for the time being, on a limited Winston Cup schedule. It's been a good run for Jeff Fuller. And the only way you can get that experience is to get out there and race traffic and just earn it, and that's exactly what he's doing here this afternoon. 90 laps to go, 310 on the board. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Bill Elliott continues to set the pace in the Pontiac 400 here this afternoon. Still hanging on to second is Harry Gant. Alan Kowicki a strong third right now in the interval between Gant and Kowicki is about four car lengths as Kowicki continues to just ease up a little bit every time around. And the true value hard charger points at this stage of the race here this afternoon, as you said a moment ago, no surprise that Bill Elliott leads that. Davey Allison is second in the standings. Harry Gant is third. Sterling Marlin is fourth. And Hut Strickland is fifth in the true value hard charger points. We should also hear very shortly which mechanic will be the Western Auto mechanic of the race winner. And I dare say it may just come down to who makes a gutsy call here down the stretch. If this race remains green, we've already documented that you'll have to make a stop for fuel. And we'll have to wait and see how the final uh, 78 laps play out here. So later today, we'll let you know who is the Western Auto mechanic of the race. Western Auto, as you know, is the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. And they give $1,000 away every race to a mechanic and a $25,000 award is paid out at season's end. So that'll be passed along to you a bit later on this afternoon as we're inside the final 100 laps of the Pontiac 400. Some close quarters racing on the three-quarter mile layout here in Richmond, Virginia, as we welcome you back on lap 319 to the Pontiac 400. Bill Elliott continues to lead, but as we took you to commercial moments ago, we were telling you about that great battle for fourth, fifth, and sixth spot. Those drivers were closing in on Charlie Glotzback and Wally Dallenbach and Chad Little, and those cars had little shunt. As a matter of fact, it was uh, Chad Little's car that really got out of shape. He gathered it back in. There was no problem, but there was a little bit of close call there for that ongoing battle for fourth, fifth, and sixth position. But there's been no battle of late for the lead. Bill Elliott has pulled off, and he has maintained the margin. We'll get the differential for you. It's about a half second right now, almost three-quarters of a second to be actual here as he works back around the racetrack. But Elliott and Harry Gant running first and second begin to close in on some race traffic, which they'll chase down in just a moment. And that can be a factor for the leader. Remember before, that's how Harry Gant was able to get up there and chase Elliott down when they ran up on some lapped automobiles, especially if there's a couple of them coming through the corners running door to door. 
as they work down the back straightaway and head up to turn number three. That traffic's going to come into play very shortly, Joe. Those uh, leaders will be working traffic coming off turn number four. Got a couple of uh, maybe a lap or two before they get into the heavy stuff. Back to this fourth place battle, though. This has really been a good one. Darrell Walter has thrown everything he's got at Davey Allison, and now might be his best effort as he goes to the inside. Darrell comes off the racetrack at turn number four to the low side of Davey Allison. Davey outside. They are wheel well to wheel well as they work between turns one and two now, and they've still got about four car lanes on Ricky Rudd in six. Here's Darrell at the inside of the track trying to stay even with Davey Allison on the back straightaway. They'll be closing in on lap traffic directly ahead. Seem like the cars that are able to drive to the bottom of the racetrack have a strong advantage coming off the corner. Darrell Waltrip's able to pin that Western Auto machine right to the bottom of the speedway, but as they hit the straightaway, Davey Allison has a little bit more horsepower on him and will pull him off into the corner, but they're still door-to-door out of turn two. Davey Strong there at the bottom of the track, but the car directly ahead of Stanley Smith will force some changes to be made here. The change is that they'll have to go back into single file. Darrell will look to the outside momentarily, but now fall back in line behind Davey. All the while, the race leader, Bill Elliott, has caught his pack of traffic on lap 325, working around Derek Cope off turn two. He'll close in on Rick Mass going to turn number three. The Jeff Fuller car also directly ahead of the race leader. Bill Elliott gets around the Derek Cope car. The next one will be Rick Mast and Jeff Fuller as he closes in on those two heading back off into turn number one. Meanwhile, Harry Gant not picking up all that much ground on him, even though they're both working some of the lap traffic. They're back in two. Harry Gant's going to have to worry about Alan Kowicki, who is closing in quickly on the Gant car. Kowicki looks to the inside, coming off the corner. He's less than a car length behind Harry. One and three-tenths seconds now, the differential between the race leader, Elliott, and second place, Harry Gant. And as Joe has been telling you, it's virtually nose to tail now, Gant and Alan Kowicki for that second place battle. A reminder that today's broadcast of the Pontiac 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Richmond International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Alan Kowicki tightens up a little bit more on Harry Gant, and they're in heavy traffic in turn two. This is the second-place battle. Harry Gant hangs on to it. Kowicki again taking a shot. He'll dive down low. Derek Cope's car directly ahead will force Allen to fall back in line behind Gant. They'll take the high line around the traffic. Now Darrell Waltrip to the inside of Davey Allison. That's the battle for fourth in turn three. Davey tries to get there, but he quite will have to get back in the line going into the corner. Here comes Darrell now, diving to the inside. And as Darrell goes down to the bottom of the racetrack, Davey Allison still takes that high line through the corner. Ricky Rudd had thoughts of making them three deep coming off that turn for just a moment. But all of a sudden, he backs out of it a little bit. But still, Darrell Waltrip and Davey Allison are side by side. Darrell gets an edge coming off the corner. Davey pulls even again on the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd again right behind, waiting for one of those lanes to open up. It'll be the outside lane. That's where Davey's going. All of this is not quite a half lap down to the first, second, and third place cars, but a heck of a battle nevertheless at the stripe. Darrell Waltrip maybe by inches on Davey Allison. Ricky Rudd now closing it again. A triangle formation back into turn two. Davey beats Darrell into turn number one, but Darrell pulls even again as they come off the corner. Ricky Rudd again looking to see which lane to take. He'll follow the tire tracks of Davey Allison on the outside of Darrell Walter. And as that battle continues here at Richmond, there will be 69 laps to go. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 
Well, all the fuel strategy questions have gone out the window. We are under caution on lap 332 as Brett Bodine spun his car coming off the number four corner. The leaders are on pit road. Let's cover Harry Gant's stuff. He brings his gold banded in as Andy Petrie and Billy Abernathy changing the tires. Charlie Presley on the jack. Scott Robinette loosening the lug nuts on the left side. Jimmy Finland putting in the fuel. Just about uh, three quarters of a can is all it takes as they have the right side work done. Working on the left side, lug nuts all secured. The jack is now down and away. And 20.1 seconds for Harry Gant, a great stop for their crew. Alan Kowicki's got four tires. Darrell Walter, four tires, a great stop for his crew as they beat Kowicki out of the pits. And what appears to be an even better stop for the Budweiser team, Winston Kelly. Four tires and gasoline, and they also put a little bit of grease in the rear end of the car and the rear axle. For the Tim Brewer-led crew, they were in just over 20 seconds as well. An outstanding pit stop. Only lead lap cars able to pit the first time around. So that made Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott the only ones to pit that time around. Coming into the pits this time, Dave Marcus, Richard Petty, Derek Cope, Dale Jarrett, Jimmy Spencer, Dick Trickle coming into pit road along with Sterling Marlin and the country time car driver Bobby Hamilton. All these cars will get four tires in gasoline on the second time around under this caution flag. Now there are only six cars on the lead lap and the way they came off pit road, Bill Elliott will be the leader, Harry Gant will be second, Darrell Waltrip will run third, fourth will be Ricky Rudd and fifth is Alan Kowicki and Davey Allison lost at least two positions on that pit stop a moment ago. Right, he went on to pit lane running in the fourth spot. He comes out in sixth on lap 334. We've just gone back to green flag racing here at the Richmond International Raceway. Bill Elliott continues to lead on lap 338. Fuel obviously no longer a factor as we're getting down to the final handful of laps here. Elliott on the restart, jumping out to a six-car length lead on Harry Gant, who's second. Gant doing all he can to get by the lap car. Sterling Marlin further back. Darrell Walton, he's up to third now. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Fifth is the Alan Kowicki car. And sixth is Davey Allison. One car loose at turn three. Mark Martin slides and hits the outside wall. Caution is on the speedway as Mark Martin slams into that outside wall and will hold the car right up against it to allow the rest of the traffic to get by. Doesn't make any contact with any other machines, but the yellow flag is on the speedway. It will be the fourth one this afternoon as they race back to turn three. Sterling Marlin now, who has not yet gotten the caution, nor is Bill Elliott. Marlin trying to get his lap back. Here he comes to the stripe. He will not do it. Sterling Marlin comes up about a half car length shy. So much for corporate friendship right there. Both of those teams running out of the Junior Johnson stables in North Carolina. But this is racing. Forget about what it says on charters and on paper. This is racing, and Bill Elliott holds off Sterling Marlin and Sterling's efforts to get his lap back. So caution number four on lap 339 as Mark Martin spun up in turns three and four. His car has come to a stop up against the outside retaining wall near the exit of the number four corner. Been a frustrating day, I dare say, for Mark Martin, and for that matter, for the uh, Roush teams in general. Uh, Mark running 23rd moments ago at the time of the spin, and uh, Wally Dallenbach also running in the 20s, 26th position at the last uh, chance there. Might be uh, candidates for the Goodies Headache Award that will be awarded a bit later on, the $1,000 award from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing. And here's a smart move. Uh, Davey Allison's back on pit road with nothing to lose, Jim Phillips. That's right. They're changing tires again. All four tires going to be changed. Uh, these radial tires, the less laps you have on them, the better off you are. And maybe the car just didn't feel right on that restart. 
It's like uh, we talked earlier to Darrell Waltrip. He said, you know instantly whether the car feels to your liking or not. They took a chance. They put four brand-new tires on them, a touch of gasoline, and here goes Davey Allison back on the racetrack. And the reason Davey Allison didn't have anything to lose, of course, is he is the last car on the lead lap. There are only six cars on the lead lap, so he can come in, get a four-tire change, go right back up into the sixth position, and uh, he won't lose anything. Now, Mark Martin has climbed out of his car. Yes, he has. He's just uh, climbing out of the uh, Valvoline Ford right now, so that is good news, but a uh, tough day for uh, Mark Martin as that team uh, finds themselves out of the event at this juncture, and they've run 342 of the 400 laps. Well, they're really trying to get that team turned around in the right direction, and they're going to have to wait till Atlanta next weekend. And speaking of Atlanta, next weekend, an NASCAR doubleheader at the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia. On Friday, the Bush Pole Show begins at 2.50 Eastern Standard Time. Saturday, the Atlanta 300 at 12.45 Eastern Standard Time. The NASCAR Bush Grand National Series running there for the first time in a long, long time. That ought to be quite a show. On Sunday, the Motorcraft 500 We'll be on the air with that one at 12.45 Eastern Standard Time. The NASCAR Winston Cup Series races, of course, there. The ticket office is open right now. Plus, at these other Speedway locations, the events will be coming up in the very near future. The Trans-South 500 at Darlington, South Carolina, March the 29th. April the 5th, the Food City 500 in Bristol, Tennessee. Boy, that's a wild one always up there. April the 12th, another wild one, the First Union 400 at North Wilkesboro. And it continues in some of the best short track racing in the business. April the 26th, the Haynes 500 at Martinsville, Virginia. May the 3rd, the Winston 500 in Talladega, Alabama. So there's going to be quite a few races coming up. Also, the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. We mentioned it earlier, but a quick reminder, never hurts. They'll be here at Richmond International Raceway on Saturday, April 4th at 2 in the afternoon. The NASCAR Modified 150. All the seats are $20, general admission. Kids 12 and under, absolutely free. That's something you don't often see, but the Sawyers are saying, let's open it up to the folks uh, 12 and under. And you might want to be here to check out the Mod Squad when they come to Richmond. Let's check in the garage area and see if Alan Bestwick has caught up with Brett Bodine, who has been forced to retire from the race after that third caution of the day. Well, Brett was with us a moment ago, Eli. He stepped into his trailer to cool off. Needless to say, he's had a very long and frustrating afternoon. What caused his spin was, for the third time, they broke the drive plate in the uh, rear axle housing, and that's caused him to spin the car around. They put it on the trailer and called it a day. And they're hitched up to Mark Martin's car and pulling it back to the garage area. And Joe Moore, he took a pretty hard shot over there. Yeah, he did. He was trying to pass some of the lap traffic that was working down low on the restart. He got a little bit too high going into turn three where the marbles, the sand, and all the debris that has been uh, coming off the cars and whatnot all throughout the afternoon. Once he hit that, the car just started sliding. He hit the wall first about halfway between turns three and four and then kept it up against the wall and slid all the way down to the exit at turn four. But that initial hit was a pretty hard one. We'll have 56 laps to go when they come back around this time. We'll be back. The Trans-South 500 is coming. And no matter who wins the race, you could be the winner of a Ford Thunderbird, the grand prize in the Trans-South Winner's Circle sweepstakes. But that's not all. Pick the winner of the Trans-South 500, and you'll also be eligible to win a Sony Watchman TV awarded at each of our participating offices. Enter before March 27th because you could be one of the big winners in the Trans-South 500. For complete contest rules, call, visit, or write any participating Trans-South office. Just 10 laps to go, and holy cow, is it close. Hold on, Jerry. We've got a story on the planner's net crew. Let's go to the pit. Frank, the planner's nut driver suffering from heat exhaustion. They're pulling him out. Wait. Unbelievable. They're substituting a driver. Who can they substitute? Well, let's see. Uh, he's got a top hat, and I see a monocle. Did he pass the eye exam? It's Mr. Peanut. What dedication 
into the racing world. He said he'll roast everybody else on the track. If you're a racing nut, eat platters. They're nuts, too. Everybody loves this racing nut. Talk with the superstars of NASCAR racing every Tuesday night at 7 Eastern. NASCAR Live from Radio. We are back under green flag racing in the Pontiac 400 here at Richmond International Raceway as they take the green and haul it off into turn number one. Sterling Marlin down to the inside of his teammate, Bill Elliott, as they race out of the corner. Sterling determined to get his lap back if he possibly can. Sterling's right there alongside Elliott. Elliott's not quite able to shake him as of yet. Meanwhile, Harry Gant clears racetrack alongside him, and here comes Darrell Walton. We saw a three-wide squeeze there before. Darrell Walton, Hutt Strickland, Ricky Rudd. They got through turn number two peaceably enough. A little cool-headed driving right there by those veterans as we're back into turn number two again on lap 347 chasing Bill Elliott. Still the fans of the back stretch here watching this battle up front side by side. Sterling Marlin trying to get his lap back from teammate Bill Elliott. Neither one giving a bet. And I'm sure both are remembering what happened at Daytona in the opening race of the season down there a few weeks ago when that big multiple car pileup happened out of turn number two but Marlin can't afford to back off. He's got a chance to get up there and get his lap back and maybe with another caution and a little luck he'd have a shot to win this race. They are still door-to-door as they head to turn one. Marlon right there on the inside. That's allowing Harry Gant to track down the race leader. Gant's closed it in to within two car lengths of the leader. Harry continues to close in. Right now, six cars on the lead lap. Elliot Gant, Darrell Waltip, Ricky Rudd, Alan Kowicki, and Davey Allison. They're back in turn number two. We'll have 50 laps remaining when they come by the stripe this next time by. A quick update from Alan Bestwick in the garage. Well, Mark Martin has climbed out of the Valvoline Ford. Right now he's uh, walking around, having a look at the car surveying the damage we'll see if we can get a word with mark for just a second as he puts some earplugs in his ears to try and cover the very loud noise here in the richmond garage mark do you know what happened up there i guess it was just a racing accident been a frustrating day even up to that point for you things really weren't going that well yeah uh we just uh didn't have it just exactly right but wasn't able to get it right you know i don't know I don't know uh, exactly where we missed it, but uh, we'll see better days with that Valvoline Thunderbird. It's like they're trying to evaluate now whether they can fix the car and get it back in to run some more laps or not. Mark Martin just taking it all in stride. He wasn't the only one that missed the boat here today. There's a half a dozen cars that would you would have given a good shot to win this race that also missed the setup. Out of turn number four and back to the line comes Bill Elliott. There's a lap car between himself and the second-place car of Harry Gant, and that is a teammate, Sterling Marlin, who raced hard for about five or six laps there, trying to get around Elliott to get himself back on the lead lap. Darrell Waltrip is being posted third. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. And sixth is Davey Allison. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. to send him back out in a minute. Believe it or not. Three hundred fifty-five laps are down. Forty-five remain in the Pontiac Four Hundred. This one is not yet over. Bill Elliott does have the buffer car between himself and second place Harry Gant, and that is Sterling Marlin. But third place is a dandy of a battle now, heading up into turn number one. Alan Kowicki and his Ford to the inside of Darrell Waltrip's Chevrolet. Kowicki's got the fun defender out in front, coming off turn number two. Waltrip's doing all he can to pull back up alongside, but Kowicki will get by and pick up the spot here in turn three. And Kowicki's another one of the cars able to drive. 
drive low on the racetrack and was able to put the move on Darrell Waltrip to advance himself up to third place. Meanwhile, Elliott is the leader and is going to have one of his bigger paydays, although he won the Winston Million back in 85, I believe it was. He's got a shot today to pick up $197,600 in the Unical Challenge if he can go on to win this race starting from the pole. And, boy, he's looking awful good right now. Here he comes off turn number four, Sterling Marlin, the lap car is right behind him. And now Harry Gant's losing a little ground to the leader as they work back off into turn number one. Gant has fallen back to a little better than a second behind. Gant falls back as they come off the corner. One car slows here on the back straightaway. It's Bobby Hamilton's car not running, just coasting down the back stretch, trying to make it back into the pit area. A lot of smoke out of the country time machine as he heads to the garage. It smells kind of like an acidy smell as though it's a, a rear end problem more so than a blown engine. He was running in 22nd position at last at last look 353 laps that he had completed he was five laps down in 22nd spot so bobby hamilton a tough break for him as he takes that uh, car back to the garage area we'll get an update from alan bestwick in just a moment or so here comes bill elliott to the stripe lap 360 going up on the scoreboard elliott takes it back into turn number one now the field beginning to string out as the laps wind down here this afternoon elliott is the leader dropping back harry gant was right up there a moment ago now he's fallen back joe moore to a little better than a second in fact he might have company in just a moment for the second place. Yeah, I think he will. Alan Kowicki is closing in. Kowicki right now working on a lap car. He's going by Terry Labonte. He's now five car lengths behind Harry Gant. Yeah, they come back towards start finish now with 361 on the board. There's a good bit of race traffic battling one another middle of the pack, but with that most recent restart after the Mark Martin caution just a short while ago, it's still about a half lap or so before the lead cars will find any of the uh, cars at the tail end, so there's a good bit of clear sailing for Bill Elliott right now. He has Sterling Marlin right behind him, and of course those two cars pulling away right now, but Sterling's legitimate in this juncture, Barney, because he's trying to get his lap back. It's not as always there to run interference. There's nobody around them, number one. But Sterling is right there trying to get his lap back. He's in seventh, one lap down. Yeah, he's just one lap behind in seventh place. If he can get back on the lead lap, we've still got time to have a caution here. Need to have a shot to win this thing. So he's run Elliott pretty hard. But as I said, I'm pretty sure there were some folks on the radio when they were almost getting together a little bit earlier here this afternoon saying, hey, guys, remember Daytona? There's a lot at stake for both these teams. Race hard, but let's not get together and turn these cars around on either end of the racetrack. Elliott is the leader. As the laps are winding down, 363 are in the record book this afternoon in the Pontiac 400. Harry Gant continues to drop back just a little bit. He's not worried right now about catching the leader. He's worried about Alan Kowicki. Kowicki is really turning up the heat on him, trying to take second place away in turn two. Yeah, Kowicki has caught Gant and is going to work on him now. Coming off turn two, he'll dive down low, pull up alongside, halfway down the back straightaway. Kowicki trying to slide out in front of Gant. Gant still got the edge, but here comes Kowicki digging at the bottom. It's a heck of a battle right there as Kowicki works the inside groove. He'll get Harry Gant by a half car length at the stripe. Gant trying to use a higher groove as he has been all day long against Kowicki's four, but this time Harry goes even a bit wider than he'd like, and it opens the inside for Allen. Allen gets the good bite coming off the corner now with a fender out in front, but again, Gant pulls back up alongside him in turn three. And the fans are on their feet watching this battle for second place. They almost get together coming off turn number four as Allen Kowicki's car kicked up a little bit from the bottom of the race 
racetrack, but he is right now moved into second place solidly by a good car length as they work off turn two. Gant will follow it, peek around on the outside. Trouble in the front straightaway. Richard Petty bangs together with Derek Cope's car there for just a moment and almost turned it around. They will keep it in a straight line as Doyle Ford, the flag man, was looking that situation over, but Petty will be able to keep it in a straight line, but he and Derek Cope kind of got together real hard. Alan Bestwick is in the garage area where Bobby Hamilton has parked the country time car. Bobby, a lot of oil under the car. What happened to it? Well, it looked like a rear end, a transmission one broke on the country time mode. I'm not real sure. It just, like, went all it was. I just got out of the groove where I wouldn't get any oil on the racetrack. Bobby Hamilton done for the day. Bobby Hamilton out of it here this afternoon and had hoped to have a good run, but it's not to be this afternoon. 368 laps are on the board as they still chase Bill Elliott. 30 laps to go here in the Pontiac 400. Mark Martin has brought his car back from the garage area. He had lost some 34 laps. He is now being posted in 31st position. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 373 laps on the board. 400 will make up the distance in today's Pontiac 400. MRN Radio here at Richmond International Raceway. If you're new to Winston Cup racing, we have been talking a good bit today about the Unical Challenge. That's the money that's put up by the Unical Corporation on $7,600 increments. If it's not won one week, it rolls over to the next and then to the next and to the next. Well, the highest the Unical Challenge has ever gone was $228,000. That was a year's worth, basically, when Kyle Petty won it at Rockingham. This time around, the Unical Challenge hasn't been won since the 1980, excuse me, 1991 season at Valleydale 500 Bristol Raceway when Rusty Wallace won it. So it's rolled over to $197,600. And right now, Bill Elliott's just 25 laps away from taking home that Unical Challenge money. And he's one and two-tenths seconds ahead of Alan Kowicki, and Alan Kowicki is coming up through traffic in a hurry. He has really chopped off some distance on the leader, Bill Elliott, in the last five laps around the speedway. Let's see how close he gets as they work back to turns one and two. Uh, remember again, the lap car of Sterling Marlin rides between himself and the second-place car now of Alan Kowicki. Elliott works some lap traffic here on the back straightaway. He'll go by, taking the Sterling Marlin car with him. About five more car lengths back to Alan Kowicki. He now pulls up on that slower car, the machine of Charlie Glotzbach. Here they'll come out of turn number four, back to the stripe, and still Alan Kowicki tries to close in, but there's the buffer car of Sterling Marlin between the race leader, Elliott, and Kowicki in second. Today is just the third of our Winston Cup broadcast for you in the 1992 season. In addition to our full schedule of Winston Cup racing and the Winston and the postseason awards banquet in New York, we'll have better than 20 Bush Grand National events and a number of NASCAR Winston Modified Series events that you'll be hearing here on MRN Radio. We'd love for you to take a quick second to either write a quick note or drop a phone call off to the local station in your area and thank them for their coverage of motorsports on radio because it is the listener response, your calls and letters and so on, that really help the program directors decide what they should carry for the following year. And let you know to exactly what station it is you're tuned, we'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. With Barney Hall and the entire MRN crew, Eli Gold back with you at Richmond International Raceway. A jam-packed crowd of an excess of 60,000 today, and in 19 laps it'll all be over. 
Right now, Alan Kowicki has chopped it down to about seven or eight car lengths on Bill Elliott, so this race is far from being over. They're back in turn three. Alan trying to close in on Elliott, also realizing he's going to have to deal with Sterling Marlin. He'll go to work on Marlin now and taking a little bit higher line coming off turn four. At the same time, Harry Gant running in third will shoot to the outside of Charlie Glotzback and bypass that lapped automobile. Gant is third, Davey Allison fourth. Daryl Waltrip is running in fifth, and Ricky Rudd is running in sixth. Those cars on the lead lap, and very honestly, at this point, folks, with the exception of what could be a battle for the lead, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth are pretty well spread out around the racetrack, so there's no battle for position there at the moment. With 17 laps to go right now, Bill Elliott holds on to the lead, and Kowicki continues to close. Elliott climbs the banking up in turn number two, drifts a little bit too high this time. Marlin has a look down underneath him, but he gets quickly back in line. Now Marlin's right up on Elliott's rear deck, and Kowicki is closed in right on the rear deck of Sterling Marlin. Kowicki will come down to the bottom of the racetrack. Remember, he has been one of the stronger cars being able to run down toward the apron of the track, and usually, as I said a moment ago, if you can make a move, you can drive underneath the car and take a shot at him. I wonder if Winston Kelly is anywhere around the Budweiser pit. They look like they're uh, everybody in there, even Junior, is kind of watching this one. They definitely are watching. There doesn't seem to be any change in the facial expression of Tim Brewer or Junior Johnson. They've been caucusing just a little bit, talking among themselves, but no change in how their expressions are coming across. Definitely paying attention to the stopwatches and the race on the racetrack between Alan Kowicki and their driver, Bill Elliott. Alan Kowicki is within three or four car lengths of catching up to Bill Elliott. Let's go back to the pits. We're in the Alan Kowicki pit with Danny Glad. You've been selected the Western Auto Mechanic of the race. Congratulations. $1,000 to you. Well, thank you very much. You know, once again, I'd like to say on behalf of Kowicki Racing and all the crew, uh, I'd like to really thank Western Auto for their involvement. And the, the credit has got to go to Alan for this race. We had a little bit of trouble on pit stops. But he has really made up the ground for us, and all the credit has to go to Allen for this one, if he can pull this one out. Danny Glad, the mechanic of the race for Western Auto, $1,000 to him and uh, $20,000 to end the season. With Paul Andrews, Paul, can you pull it out today? Yeah, if we can get around the 22 car, I think we can. You know, we, we seem to be a little bit better than uh, Elliott coming off the corner. I think that's where we can do it. We'll see. That's Paul Andrews, the crew chief for Alan Kowicki. And traffic is beginning to play a factor. Chad Little's car is directly ahead. Sterling Marlin's car. He's still trying to get underneath Bill Elliott down in turn number one. And now Alan Kowicki will move around Sterling Marlin. There's nothing between himself and the leader but about a car length. They head to turn three. Marlin was pinched in behind the Chad Little car. That allowed Kowicki to clear that car. Now he's able to close right up on the rear deck of Bill Elliott. Here comes Alan Kowicki. It is virtually nose to tail with 11 laps remaining. Kowicki heading back towards turn number one, chasing down Bill Elliott. They're a half car length apart. Elliott goes high. Kowicki trying to lead for the first time today off turn two. Allen down at the bottom of the track, trying to pull even with Bill Elliott, not quite able to muscle his way down there. He'll fall back in line, but still he's right up on the rear deck. And Bill Elliott's going to have to protect the low groove. If he can't protect the bottom of the racetrack, Kowicki's got a real good shot to get around him. That's been his strong suit for the last hour here. He had a fender alongside a couple of times going off the corner. Let's see what he does this time out of turn two. Allen tries to pull down low again. There's a slower car hit. Dick Trickle will be in the way. He'll have to fall back in line in single file. But Kowicki peeks to the inside going into turn three. Here they run up on the 
Dick Trickle car. There's no chance for the inside groove to be utilized this time. So Kowicki holds his line. 391 of 400 complete. They set sail with some clear track now. And again, Elliott goes high. Kowicki stays low in the battle for the lead off turn two. Allen's hooked up at the bottom of the track. Tries to take a shot coming off the corner, but has to fall back in line behind Bill Elliott. Entering turn number three again. Allen drives it down low. Tries to pull up alongside. Looks like Bill Elliott's getting out of the throttle just a little bit in the middle of the corner in, in order to keep that car low because that's where Kowicki has been able to get alongside him. And the last two times around, he's been able to shut the door on him. He goes back to turn two, and he drifts a little high again. Allen again sees the door open up. He'll try to drive it on in there, but Elliott gets a good bite off the corner, even though he's taking that wide line. Now it's about a two-car length lead. You wonder how much Kowicki used up in his race car to chase down Bill Elliott, let alone having something left to try and pass him. Kowicki has never won here in seven events on this three-quarter mile track. He has two top fives and five top tens going for the lead again. Here's Bill Elliott leading the way. Alan Kowicki still peaking down low. He'll try each time coming off turn two and going into turn four. Again, he drives it right down to the line. You've heard us say before that Junior Johnson's expression never changes on pit road, no matter what his cars are doing out there. Well, he just tapped a couple of guys on the shoulder and said, hey, move over. I want to watch this one as he is watching her unfold. Six laps to go. Again, Kowicki tries to get underneath Bill Elliott out of turn two. He can't do it. He'll fall back in in single file. They'll go back into turn number three. And again, Elliott drifts up the banking a bit. Alan Kowicki sees that bottom line open up, but just cannot make use of it. Now, should these two cars get a little close together with five laps to go and something happen, it is Harry Gant who is all alone now in third spot. Here again, Elliott goes way high in turn two, and Kowicki draws to the inside. This time, Alan gets a better bite coming off the corner. He keeps it down to the lower groove, but again, Elliott shuts him off going into turn three. And Bill Elliott's got a big advantage right now. If he can hold him off for one more lap as they work down into turns one and two, there's a pack of about six cars directly ahead, and Bill Elliott can use that lap traffic to his advantage. They head back to turn two. Again, Elliott goes high. Alan Kowicki goes low. He's trying to pick up something coming off the corner. They can't do it again. Back into single file as they close in on the Ted Musgrave car in turn three. I'll tell you, Elliott's awfully strong in the straightaways. Kowicki making up his ground on the turns. Here comes Alan cutting it close in turn four to the stripe. Elliott this time by a half car length, and as they close in on race traffic, Elliott stays high. Kowicki stays low. Dave Marcus has the inside groove also occupied. Allen is there coming off the corner. He's got the inside line, forced to go high because of Dave Marcus's car, but now he falls back in line behind Bill Elliott. You're not going to see any harder racing than we're watching between these two cars as they come back down to the line. There will be two laps to go. Kowicki to the inside again. They touch coming out of the corner. Kowicki's got a good position on him this time in turn one. Part of the best time yet. He's right up alongside Bill Elliott entering the turn. Halfway through the turn, Kowicki still alongside off the corner. His car slips a bit, but he gathers control. Still trying to keep him alongside Elliott, but Elliott beats him back into turn three. And again, that lap traffic is going to come into play. White flag is coming out for driver Bill Elliott. Kowicki down to the inside. He's got one more shot at him as they work into turn one and running up on that lap traffic. Anything could happen before they get back to the start-finish line. This time, Elliott drives in a little bit harder, but Alan Kowicki realizes he's got to do it now. He pulls the Cooter's car right up alongside. They're dead even coming in turn three. There's three race cars in front of them. Laps down. Kowicki to the inside. Elliott to the outside. 
Here they come off turn number four. They bump. Elliott wins. Elliott wins by inches as he and Kulwicki will bump coming off turn number four, having to watch the race traffic around them. Bill Elliott wins by inches as he and Kulwicki bump just a few feet shy of the start-finish line. Let's go down to the Budweiser pit. Tim Brewer, Tim Brewer getting congratulations. What about that finish, man? Tim Brewer talking to his driver. Tim, Tim, what about that? What about that finish, man? <laughs> uh, like the guy said, no, it's uh, it'll sink in sooner or later. Uh, what can you say? You know, Alan, he came on strong right there at the end. Uh, Bill had to run a little bit harder trying to keep Sterling off of him, but hey, it's great, man. Well, the boss man's here today, Mr. Hunter, Mark Lamping, all the guys here from St. Louis. We love it. Thank you. That's Tim Brewer, crew chief on Bill Elliott's Budweiser Ford, winning this afternoon's Pontiac Excitement 400. And they've got a lot of reason to be excited here this afternoon. You won't see a better finish than we just watched here a moment ago coming down to the line, and it wasn't any more than six or eight inches. That's how close it was. It was remarkable. Barney, you know, to think about it, Bill Elliott won one race in 1990. He won one race in 1991. Last week, he wins at Rockingham, and today he wins at Richmond. So in seven days, he has now equaled what he has done in the last two years of Winston Cup racing. We'll be going down to Victor Lane to get his thoughts and some of the other drivers in a minute. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. We're back to Richmond International Raceway, and this crowd still trying to catch their breath from the finish they saw here just a moment ago. Let's go to the garage right now and see if we can get the thoughts of Alan Kowicki. Walking alongside the driver of the Hooters Ford as he goes back to his trailer. Alan, tell me about those last few laps. You gave it all you had, just couldn't quite get there. Yeah, we just came up a little bit short, and it was a good run. <sighs> want to thank my sponsors, Hooters Restaurants and Naturally Fresh Salad Dressings and Ford Motor Company. It was a real good run for us, and I just... Damn, we were so close. Uh, you know, it was a hell of a race for the fans. We raced them clean. You know, anybody could have taken anybody out there at the end. And we just touched a little bit at the start-finish line, but it was a good, clean race. And, you know, actually, I got to commend Sterling, too. You know, he was his teammate, and he could have really tried to screw me around. And he didn't. It was just good, clean racing. And, you know, it worked out good for them. But I'm really disappointed to, to not win by a couple inches there. That, you know, that would have meant just an awful lot. Alan Kowicki will be the runner-up today. Well, he doesn't have anything to hang his head about, that's for sure, with the finish he had there just a minute ago. Jim Phillips? Well, Bill Elliott, what a finish. Well, I was hoping that was a last lap because I couldn't stand him anymore. You know, I was trying to give Kowicki all the racing room I could, you know, and I knew it was going to be tight, and I knew what I had to do to beat him, you know, and we got down in the corner, and I kept my car down. I got in the throttle. He did, too. He come up and ran out of real estate, and I was able to just keep a, keep a car in the throttle. How about your car the last part of the race? Did you lose just a little bit? Yeah, I got tight getting in the corner, and I, I just couldn't make no ground getting in the corner. But, I mean, at the first part of the race, I think the, the racetrack went away from us a little bit, you know, and it got better for Kowicki. But uh, I thought Gant would be stronger there. As good as he ran there one session, you know, I couldn't do anything with him. You found that high groove there at the end, though, that saved you there those last few laps. Well, I knew I couldn't run, really run on the bottom, and I knew he'd be down there digging. And if I could just keep him racing me side by side, I knew he was going to burn his tires up down there because everybody that did, you know, they could get there, but they just couldn't pass you. And uh, I knew what I had to do to keep him back there. You know, and I gave him plenty of room, 
and uh, I just barely beat him back to the line. That's all that counts. Well, in the last seven days, you've done equal what you've done in the last two years, two wins. That's unbelievable. You know, I, like I said, I can't say enough about this Budweiser organization. I really, you know, regardless of what we do the rest of the year, I mean, we've had a good year. You know, the amount of laps we've led, you know, and all the stuff we've accomplished, it's been fantastic. Well, I guess that $197,600 will fit in some banking caps very nicely. Well, I, you know, for Junior and all the guys, it's been a long time coming to get all this stuff worked out. You know, and, and I feel good for those guys because they're the ones that put the effort in and do everything back at the shop, and, man, they got me a good ride. Well, when these teams come into the season, the first of the season builds momentum for championships, and you're going to a racetrack next week that uh, you love to run on. Well, you know, we'll just wait and see. We run good at Atlanta the other day, and, uh, you know, we just hope we go down there with the, with the roll we've got going right here. We'll just see what happens. Bill Elliott pockets the Unical bonus, $197,600, the first time it's been done since uh, last uh, year in the Vatadale 500 by Rusty Wallace. It was quite a performance by that racing team today and all season long. Bill Elliott this year has already led 58% of all the laps run. That's quite a showing here, three races into the season. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Harry Gann. Harry talking to his team owner, Leo Jackson. Harry, pretty good run for that Skull team today. Yeah, you know, we was really hoping there. We got one good set of tires there at midpoint when Bill was leading the race. and uh, But the last set we got was, was off. You know, I think they fluctuated back and forth all day. Uh, like Quick at the end, he had a good set. Uh, maybe a little better than Bill's, you know. And uh, But uh, if we got a good set at the end, we, we might have could have contested them there. You got a bird's eye view of that last few laps there between Kowicki and Elliott. Have any thoughts that they might get together and you come out on top? Well, I thought they might uh, because uh, they went through uh, one and two, and, and Allen was further up than he had been on Bill, and Bill got higher than he had been. So uh, they went down the back stretch with Quickie side to side. So I felt like it would, uh, yeah, they're going to definitely get together there. And uh, but uh, Bill done a good job to win the race because Allen really had him beat right there at the end. He done a good job to be able to pull it off. Still a good weekend for the Skull team. They win yesterday in the Pontiac in the Hardy's 200, come home third today, and Johnny Hayes, one of the members of U.S. Tobacco, told us earlier, Harry led his age group this weekend again. So Harry Gant comes home third this afternoon. Not a bad run for him. Elliott is the winner. Kowicki will finish second. Harry Gant third. Davey Allison unofficially fourth. Darrell Walter fifth. Sixth to Ricky Rudd, and seventh looks like Sterling Marlin. Barney back in the garage with Davey Allison, the fourth-place finisher today. Davey, you worked hard to get that top five. Yeah, we did, Alan, but, uh, you know, guys did a great job. Larry McReynolds, Robert Yates working awful hard. All the guys in the pit crew did a super job all day long, and we worked hard for a top five, and we worked hard to lead a lap to get that five bonus points, which we've been trying to do every race, and we'll uh, we'll keep working hard the rest of this year. Uh, you know, today was a good run for us, and three top fives in a row is the best start we've ever got off to. Your car was real strong in the first part of the race, hanging right with Bill, and then in the second half of the race, it, it just seemed like the handle got away a little bit. Well, you know, we had a few caution flags real close together there in the, in the first part of the race, and that's what kept us close to Bill. Bill was awful strong, you know. Got to congratulate him on two wins in a row, but that's about enough. We've had enough of that. You know, Allen had a good run today, too. Got to congratulate them guys. Davey Allison, fourth place today at Richmond. And we've caught up with the fifth-place finisher, Darrell Waltrip. Dig, gouge, plug, and fifth-place finish today, Darrell. Yeah, we started 18th, and the boys did a good job. You know, Jeff and Doug and everybody in the pits. And uh, the car was really good. Uh, we just needed ever so slightly a, a little improvement on the car, and we could have had a winning car today. But uh, I'm real happy. You had a 10th last week and a 5th this week, and uh, that's a good start for us. And 
we're scratching and clawing our way up there. And when we get a little something going in the engine department with uh, some maybe some better cylinder heads that we're working on, I think we might have a little something for them. Fords are still handling They got more power, and they outhandle us down the straightaway, but we're working at it. That one pit stop that got you up there where you could at least battle, that was a great pit stop of your guys. My guys are, I got the best pit crew out there. I don't care what anybody says. They do it every week, and they won the pit crew race down at Rockingham last fall there, and they're the best, and uh, this year I'm aiming to prove it. To, I'm going to prove it to them and to, to myself and to the whole world. But about, they're a good bunch of guys. How about this old racetrack today? It's changed a couple of times this week. Had some rain. Did it uh, fluctuate during the race? Yeah, it did. You know, you could run low, fairly low on new tires, and then as the tires wore, the bitch had to move up real high. The thing about the, the high groove today, it was pretty forgiving because uh, the rain washed all the rubber and dirt and sand off of it from the race yesterday. So you could get up there pretty high and get in that loose stuff and not lose control like you've done here in the past. You wouldn't get out into the fence. Michael scared me a couple of times there when he was dicing around up here. But otherwise, it was a good, clean race. And uh, say hi to everybody back home in Owensboro and Franklin, and see you tomorrow. Darrell Walter, fifth place Thank finish. Thank God for a safe race, too. Forgot about that. Thank you, Lord. Darrell Walter, fifth place finish this afternoon. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Back with you in Richmond, Virginia, where the members of the media covering today's Pontiac 400 have voted the Goodies Headache Award of $1,000 to Brett Bodine, who had a tough day with that axle problem all afternoon long. A $250 donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing in the name of Brett Bodine as well. And as great as the finish of the race was, we didn't have time to congratulate Dean Helms. So let's do it right now. Dean is from Lee's Summit, Missouri. And the next time you folks up there will be seeing him, we'll be driving around in a brand-new Chevrolet. He was the winner of the Gillette Halfway Challenge today. Don't forget, you can call any time to get your name on the computer list to be called back at the next event. 1-900-226-6600 is the number. All calls do cost 95 cents. And we just mentioned the folks from Goodies. A quick mention that the folks at Goodies are sponsoring a limited edition set of race cards which feature the 24 winners of their Invitational Series plus a special commemorative card of the King Richard Petty during his farewell season. Get yours today by uh, checking out the details on specially marked packages of goodies, headache powders, and tablets at your favorite store. We have just now gotten the uh, final order of finish, Barney. Bill Elliott is the winner. Alan Kowicki will finish second. Harry Gant runs third. Davey Allison fourth. Daryl Walter fifth. And Ricky Rudd finishes sixth. Now, all those cars are on the lead lap. Seventh place goes to Sterling Marlin, a lap down. Terry Labonte will finish eighth. Hut Strickland ninth. Morgan Shepard tenth. Dale Earnhardt eleventh. Jimmy Spencer finishes twelfth. Dale Jarrett thirteenth. Kenny Schrader will finish 14th. 15th place will go to Ernie Irvin. 16th to Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace finishes 17th. 18th will go to Rick Mass. Derek Cope finishes 19th. And Kyle Petty round out the top 20. 21st will be Richard Petty. 22nd, Dick Trickle. 23rd today goes to Chad Little with Wally Dolan back 24th. Ted Musgrave finishes 25th. 26th will be Charlie Glotchback. Stanley Smith 27th. 28th is Dave Marcus. Going 29th is Jeff Fuller in his Winston Cup debut. And 30th is Mark Martin. Bobby Hamilton finishes 31st. 32nd, Greg Sachs. 33rd, Brett Bodine. 34th will be Michael Waltrip. And shotgun on the field this afternoon will be Jimmy Mee. In Winston Cup points, Davey Allison is the point leader through three events. He has a 63-point lead on Harry Gant and a 68-point advantage on Bill Elliott, who runs in third. That's in Winston Cup points following today's race. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 
Well, here in Richmond, Virginia today, the jam-packed crowd got every dime's worth for this afternoon of racing as Bill Elliott wins by just inches over Alan Kulwicki as the car's bumped coming to the stripe. And for Bill Elliott, it's quite a remarkable streak in light of the competition and what could go wrong on the racetrack. He's now been running at the finish of 19 races in a row. Pretty darn good uh, record of uh, consistency there. Well, I don't think there's any team down there that isn't worried about the Junior Johnson-Bill Elliott combination right now. Some folks had a lot of doubt about it, but uh, I think they've disproven that in a hurry. I'm looking forward to seeing the Bush Grand National cars at, at the Atlanta Motor Speedway next week, and that should be uh, quite a visit, their first time there in a long, long time. Yeah, it's been a long, lot of years since the Bush cars have been down there, although the old late model sportsman division. That ought to be a good race. Just about everybody uh, is entered as far as the regular Bush Grand National drivers. We understand there's about 12 or 14 Winston Cup teams hoping to make the field, so that ought to be quite a show. And certainly the ticket office is open right now until 5 o'clock this afternoon, and then all week long leading up to the racing activities, our broadcast Friday of the Bush Pole Show begins at 2.50 Eastern Time. Saturday, the Atlanta 300 at 12.45 Eastern Time for the Bush Grand National Series. And then one week from today, the Motorcraft 500 again, 12.45 Eastern Time for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. And as we say, tickets are available, and the ticket office is open throughout the week. A quick reminder, we'll open up the phone lines on Tuesday evening for NASCAR Live. It's a toll-free call at 1-800-2-NASCAR. We'll talk about today's race and preview the activities upcoming in Atlanta. We'd love for you to join us on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And remember to keep your dial tuned to this MRN station all week long. Each and every weekday afternoon, Alan Bestwick is along with NASCAR Today, our daily five-minute NASCAR news show that keeps you up to date with all of the NASCAR action. So that is going to do it for us this afternoon from Richmond, Virginia. I want to thank Joel Moore, who covered the turns for us today, the pit coverage from Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly. Alan Bestwick was in the garage area. Behind the scenes on the scoring loop, Martha Oliver and Joan Rui, our production assistant. Mike Bagley and Len Thatcher. Our congratulations to Bill Elliott, his second win of the year, his 36th career Winston Cup victory here today. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks for joining us. So long, everyone. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Richmond International Raceway and sponsored by the Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. Pontiac, we build excitement by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value by TransSouth Financial Services. TransSouth for the right loan right now. By Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light. Head for the mountains of Bush by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with a spirit of 76 by Food Lion, America's fastest growing supermarket. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant. By Gatorade Sports Drink for that deep down body thirst. By Planters Nuts, Eat Planters, Everybody Loves a Racing Nut. And by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Vince Marzello. Affiliate relations, Clay Stalka and David Hyatt. Assistant, Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellis, and Sandy Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.